we got an email from Nettie. Oh, right. Hello, all you wonderful sneakers out there. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hey, I'm Ian Boothby, and uh, Dave woke me out of a deep sleep uh, when he showed up at my door. <laughs> I was so I was napping so hard, and uh, yeah, I was in this big room, and I was talking to people, and then all of a sudden, knock, 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 and uh, woke up like this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm still a little bit in the dream realm right now. Wow. Yeah. So were the people, were they impressed by what you were saying? Were they? Uh, I didn't have a chance. Uh, you interrupted. Oh, before you even spoke. Um, I think I was about to say something. Mm. I think it was also I was listening to Anderson Cooper on TV, so I think he was being incorporated into the story. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was waiting for a little break for Anderson to stop yapping, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, no, you're shifting dimensions to the real world, and it's like okay. And uh, so there you go. So again, if this is a more dreamlike episode, I apologize. But consider, you know, uh, consider the episode to be Sandman esque. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sandman. Bing, bing, bong, bong. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> there you go. There's something you can use for your uh, your uh, musical thing. What's that? All songs about the Sandman. Okay. Yeah. There's uh, there's enough, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I guess I could explore it. Yeah. Fine. Don't do it. Don't do it now. If you tell, tell me about this one on the air, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. Okay. Well, there you go. Then stop you. <laughs> stop your cascade of e- evil, Darth. Oh, by the way, there's a lot. Mm. There's a lot, and a na- okay. oh, this is a nice wide variety. Can I use the Metallica one? Enter Sandman. Only if you use the Pat Boone version. <laughs> yes, that's right. He did do that. Mm-hmm. That was an album that was very controversial amongst his fans. Yeah, and just them. Just and them. everyone else was just that's fine. Mm, okay, what do we want to do? Yeah, it's but fine. the thing is, is like everyone else wasn't buying his records. I don't, I don't really know what that was aimed at, but okay. Yeah. And uh, then um, uh, my editor, Bill Morrison, asked, do you want to do a Simpsons comic? And he went, yep. Oh, really? And he did, yeah. It was part of whatever our like rock and roll one, uh, uh, Treehouse of Horror. I think like Gene Simmons did one. Okay. And, uh, some of the people did one, yeah. Okay. Uh, Alice Cooper, I think, might have uh, might have done, done, done it as well. So they contributed stories? Yeah, they wrote stories. Like yeah. they contrib- contributed story ideas? They wrote stories. They actually wrote a story. I think so, yeah. They didn't have anyone ghostwriting for them. No, they might have had a collaborator, okay. but, uh, but I think they were part of the writing process. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think. I don't know. I'm not one to know. You, were, you, you weren't part I of I wasn't this. part of that one, no, because I'm not a rock and roller. I was part of the, uh, the, the Comedians of Comics one. Okay. I was part of the one with Patton Oswalt and Brian Posehn, Jerry Dugan. And Pia was also uh, part of that, and we did a story together. I, I See, those guys I can see being more... Adapted that because they're actual comic book fans. Mm. Whereas I somehow, I doubt that Gene Simmons or Pat Boone, maybe Alice Cooper. There's a certain comic book element I would to Alice yeah, Cooper it's, band. It's considerable, but uh, yeah, Alice Cooper, I could see being a bit of a nerd. Yeah, uh, Pat uh, Pat Boone uh, was one of the writers of uh, yeah Treehouse of Horror. Looking for the episode. Can't find no. Can't find the issue. Good job, uh, 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 Simpsons Wiki. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, the come best on, job is a job half done. He wrote. Yeah, he wrote the story House of a Thousand Donuts. Oh, yeah. Okay, I believe. I is think it so. House of it or Land of a Thousand Donuts, because that would be like a land of a thousand dances. 
This is uh, this is excellent. No. These questions that you're asking me, but it's like uh, <laughs> Simpsons uh, Treehouse, yeah, uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror number ten. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no. Rob Zombie wrote the uh, the the House of a Thousand Donuts because he did House of a Thousand Corpses. I the see. Movie, I see. And he he did it with uh, our friend Ty Templeton. Okay. That's it. Okay. okay. And what did? Uh, oh yeah, Scare Way to Heaven was uh, was uh, a, a story that Pat Boone uh, wrote. Uh, where Flanders, uh, he, Pat Boone helps Flanders uh, to uh, fight Satan. I see. Yeah, there we go. All right. And, um, you know, let's say he wrote it. Oh, yeah, he wrote it with Bill. So that's good. Bill's a Sunday school teacher as well. He knows his way around a Bible. I'm sure they applied all their knowledge to that story about uh, whatever it was that was <laughs> happening, fighting the, <laughs> fighting the devil. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, Alice Cooper did one and Gene Simmons did one. I think, uh, yeah, Gene Simmons did one called uh, God of Thunder, and uh, The Legend of Batterface was uh, was uh, Alice Cooper. Hmm. Yeah. So good on them. Good, good on for, them. Good for, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, all contributed in various ways, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking you have more to say. It looks like you're going to no, like follow, I know, I follow up. Like it's like, so. and that's good. I guess I just, I guess I'm just, I'm just having to say that. New, welcome to our new, new podcast. Right, uh, that's nice. The podcast hosted by our moms. <laughs> hey, uh, so you hear there's mm-hmm. that uh, new movie in town. They're doing, a, doing another Jurassic oh. Park movie. Oh, that's nice. Oh, they're doing another Jurassic Park movie. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, that's, I'm mm. sure, I'm sure it's fine. Sounds fine. Yeah. Long pause. <laughs> so, Try to think of another topic. Oh, did you Whoa. want to know who, uh, who's uh, dead? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Started listing all the people I knew when I was uh, who's, uh, dead now. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was a real shame. How old were they? 127? Well, maybe one of those <laughs> not so shame. That so they right. were already half dust. <laughs> That's fine. Feels like someone mi- mixed up with a birth certificate at some point there. Yeah, that is probably, probably what went, went up. Uh, what, what happened? <laughs> my, my mom isn't really into talking about that sort of thing. Oh, okay, that's good. I guess. I mean. That was one of my things that I always think like, you know, you never want to uh, die. Uh, and here's the main reason for me besides, you know, cause I want to be around is I don't want to be an interesting <laughs> story for relatives. I don't want them to be mm. going, Oh, did you hear? <laughs> and then they tell the story. And first of all, I know they're going to tell the story badly. Sure. And that's the real drag is like, it wouldn't be as bad if I could like write the story beforehand. So when they, they mm-hmm. tell it, I can give them the high points and like really, like, but I don't know how I'm going to go. So that's yeah. the problem. Well, you could arrange it so that your death isn't comedically hilarious. Well, they couldn't sell a joke. Yeah, I know. I know that for sure. So you don't want that. Okay. Uh, you, yeah. You know, it could be like full of irony or a touching sure. story or something like that. Yeah. But I just know they're just going to tell it in some way and put their own spin on it, and then probably you know mention the ethnicities of everyone involved, mm-hmm. and just like that's unnecessary. <laughs> you don't need to say that for everybody in the story. <laughs> you know, the blank lady who works at the grocery store. You mean the lady who works at the grocery store. That's enough. That's all that's needed. Just, I'm painting Not, a picture. Yeah, Just no, painting a picture I know, I know you're painting a picture with too much color, <laughs> quite frankly, for no reason whatsoever. And there you are. So, David. What if you're referring oh. to someone specific? Mm-hmm. Can you say that then? Or is it, is it a relevant aspect to the story? Well, if you're, you're saying that person who works at the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know the one. 
Yeah, you can get. Yeah, you can. That's fine. You can if you want. Yeah, yeah. but you, just a general, like a general description. But, of people but the in unfortunate story. thing is, like, everyone, you don't want a countdown of everyone who is in the store, and, and yeah, the, everyone else like will 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 add that for no good reason mm-hmm. in the uh, in the yeah. in the course of the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not necessary. Yeah, I've also got kind of that's something I've mentioned is like, uh, what's the age where you start doing that? <laughs> and I just want to keep an eye out for that. <laughs> <laughs> i might be past it i might be past it now yeah fair I've enough already gone, already gone there we did uh, a long episode last time it was okay yeah it wasn't our longest it wasn't our longest no not by a longest but shot. it was uh, substantial it was um, yeah it was good what i when we were done i was like hey we did that neither of us went to the bathroom to the whole thing mm. which is kind of interesting because you cannot w- watch a whole movie without going to the bathroom at yeah some point it's a different situation but then i'm usually Drinking a large drink. That's true. You have, you have a bathtub full of uh, gin yeah. that you're drinking. And then, uh, yeah. yeah int- I just thought that was... I just wanted to I think there's also trigger things in the movies. Mm. Uh, that, like, yeah. uh, where I will see a scene that I'm just going, this is a filler scene. Oh, mm. this is where I'd normally go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, I, I might as well. I thought as if they like went to a waterfall. No. Nope. There was a fountain. No, I just know like... A fountain. This means there's an interesting scene coming up. Someone's drinking like a really big glass of water yep. for a while. Sure. You're just like, geez, I've got, I got to go. Yeah. Like when I watched Aquaman, it was just a constant. <laughs> you couldn't stay in the theater. Forget it. Just <laughs> totally forget it. But uh, what I always what I always do, though, is I'll go to the washroom because I'll know, you know, there was an action-packed scene where a lot of stuff happened. So yeah. they're not going to put two of those back to back. Sure. But sure. then I'll come back and uh, my wife will lean over to me and be wanting to give me some information. I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> like I know that I know the twist information. You know, that's his brother. Yeah, I don't care. I, just, I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's fine. It's, it's good fine. to know that. Yeah, uh, but it's that's fine. And then I sort of go, <laughs> Do I care about movies? Am I just here for the snacks? I might be, but often it's just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. It turned out he was. Uh, he knew the murderer when they were kids. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> that's fine it's okay this is why i like colombo what who did it oh that guy okay you can leave during colombo anytime leave for an hour come back watch the very end guy got it top and tail done that just reminded me i was watching a movie or a tv show or something where a character said what is the best thing steven spielberg directed and the person yeah. said the first episode of colombo pretty good it's pretty I- good yeah which, yeah. which which episode? Who's the star of that one? The guest star. I want to say. I, it's, I know Peter Falk is the star. I but. want to say it's Leonard Nimoy. Oh, okay. I don't know if I remember that one. It's one of the. And if it is the Leonard Nimoy one, it's one of the few that like Columbo actually gets mad at the murderer. Hmm. The murderer says something like, <laughs> and Columbo's, listen, you. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Columbo doesn't do that. Don't be callous. I'm watching some of the uh, newer ones and uh, Boo. Yeah. Boo. I was watching one. You don't get him. Columbo goes to college and it's like, oh, this is interesting because it starts off with, it starts off with a great thing because it's like smug college students that think they can get away with murder. Mm. And Columbo is like a guest speaker. Sure. And they end up like uh, killing the teacher. Because the teacher leaves. And is it a one-shot? Oh, they took about is, two shots before. Is the episode over. a one-shot? Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> you know, like know Rope. Like Rope. That was just a comment. Very good. Two I students, like it. Blah, blah, and anyway. Oh, I got you. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you meant one-shot is in a two-parter. I'm like, Columbo's were never two-parters. 
But that would be interesting if they did do that. Uh, but what uh, what it started off with, and I went like, ah, oh, this is good, was uh, the students were asking me questions like, do you ever like, you know, fake evidence to like trap someone? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't want to say that. And he <laughs> went off and talked about another thing that he did that like, you know, tricked somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, I'm not above that and I'm not above this and I'll do this and I'll do that. And I was like, oh, they're hearing all of Columbo's methods. Mm-hmm. So now they're, they're extra smug thinking they know all the methods. Yeah, yeah. But they don't know all the methods and Columbo's <laughs> going to get them. Uh, but the problem was like, I, I saw a couple of the the, the latest ones and and oh, latest, uh, but uh, more recent ones. Yeah, and uh, he finds a bit of evidence near the end, and it's like, oh, that's what lets him know. It's like, no, 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 Columbo yeah. knows from the start. Yeah, exactly. He gets it. And now he's building, he's building things and mm-hmm. building things and building things and mm-hmm. trapping the person. Yeah, but he's got to know from the get go. Yeah, exactly what's going down. Yeah. The, otherwise, you know, he's he's the dope that he looks like he's he is. Otherwise, he he's just stumble bumming around. No no dice. But one yeah. thing he did say in in the hey, it's Inspector Morse. Yeah, one thing he did say and they didn't listen to yeah. was he went like the guilty person. Uh, you know, uh, something that you should do as a cop is uh, let them talk because mm. they're going to say a lot. Yeah, and then just like talk. Uh, don't talk too much. Just listen, listen, keep listening. Mm. And yeah, they were very yappy guys. And it was like, ah, you didn't listen to the. Uh, don't talk too much. They, ah, you, mm, very good. <laughs> there was a there was a murder in Langley recently. A, a man killed his wife, and the police didn't have very much on him, if, if anything, besides the fact that he had left the, his house. His wife disappeared. He was away from his house for quite a while and then returned. Uh, but yeah, I guess they took him into the station for questioning, and he would not leave. Just wanted what? to stay there talking, uh, you know. And I guess he more than likely talked himself out of a out of a job and into a prison <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I, I don't know the whole story because um lisa one of her students mums is an rcmp officer and so she was telling her sort of the the outline of it and uh and then she couldn't be part of it because it happened just as a shift change so she was there for the beginning but she couldn't be there for the whole thing oh, okay. so she had to turn over her turn over the case to someone else so so she was sort of an outsider as well but it was interesting to hear that aspect of it yeah um, yeah, it seems it's funny, like, well, I guess because Eve's a friend with a woman whose um, partner is the RCMP officer. So I feel like I get way more information about what that whole world is than I, I've ever known before, you know. And now that Lisa has this other, you know, mom who talks to her about that stuff, and I feel like, well, I'm really in the know. I'm a, time to write a mystery. <laughs> 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 I don't know that much, but yeah, no, it's, it's kind of curious. Interesting. Um, just real quick back to the Colombo thing, yes. but I am glad to hear murderers are getting caught. That's good stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, Robert Culp was in it and Robert I was like, Culp, okay. I was like, uh, from, you know, uh, I spy Grace American hero. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, he was, he was a villain in Colombo. I'm, I'm sure he was, you okay. know, cause he was like the dad of the, one of the college murderers. I see. I see. And I'm like, is this like a little nod? Like, because, you know, mm. he was. And I looked it up and he was in three episodes of Columbo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. He murdered must, three different people. Must have been a friend of Peter Falk's. Possibly. Or just he's a good smug guy. It's he's often. He's an arrogant guy. Yeah, he, he's good for that. Um, I remember there's an episode with Johnny Cash. A Columbo episode with oh, Johnny Cash. He? Yeah. In the original run. Nice. Yeah, he pushes a guy out of a helicopter. Oh. But he's like a country music star. Okay. And, well, uh, yeah, that's and Columbo seems to like him. 
Well, that was a thing. Once but he's also a murderer. I remember that was a thing once when uh, they had another one of these uh, things where Columbo was talking to a group of people. Yeah. And uh, and someone asked, you know, do you ever feel bad for the murderers mm. and the people you put away? And it's just like, I like some of them. <laughs> yeah, but they killed people. So I got to do my job. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right, that's interesting. That yeah. like, you know, you wonder if like, does he genuinely like some of mm. these people that he seems to like? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I think he does like it at some point. He does show kindness occasionally to, uh, to, to some of them and just gives them like one last thing, you know, and, and always gives them respect, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, which is a nice thing. Yeah. There's a, there's a later one that has Patrick McGowan as a guest. I think he's like an admiral in the navy or something. Mm-hmm. But it's also directed by him. Oh, but it's directed in that kind of wacky McGowan esque way that maybe he kind of you know, which worked for the prisoner and maybe he kind of took all the the uh, praise from the prisoner and kind of wore it a little too too close, you know, and kind of mm. this is how I'm going to do everything. Well, you know, what? <laughs> I don't think I don't think uh, episode Columbo needs to be quite that wacky, you know, but. But yeah, no, that's uh, I. So uh, by the way, um, uh, the the Spielberg episode was called "Murdered by the Book." It wasn't the uh, Leonard Nimoy one. Okay, and it was the first Columbo episode that wasn't a pilot. Oh, so there was a pilot episode. There's where, a pilot episode where he has to to catch a pilot who killed someone. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I don't really remember. I should rewatch them because I I barely remember any of them mm-hmm. now. It's been so long. I only think I saw them all. They used to play them on like A and E or something in the in the afternoon. Yeah, they're on MeTV, but like, uh, or oh, not MeTV. They're on one of these other. They were on MeTV. Yeah, maybe they still are. But they're on another channel. But it is the later ones that you're just like, mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to this. You're wasting my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it, want Ruth Gordon, and you want him to know, and you want them <laughs> to have kind of a sweet relationship. And yeah. Then at the end, yeah. ah, you got me. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> they're both the same actor. Oh, yeah, they're both just like, oh, I tell you, and oh, I tell you. Yeah, it's a nice scene where they're both like. They should have Burgess the, Meredith. Yeah, they're on Ruth the, Gordon ah, and ah, Peter ah, Falk all together. Know, yeah, they had uh, Columbo was walking his dog on the docks, and there's yeah. these like kind of grilling her while, you know, playing with the dog. And it's just so sweet. And it's just like, this is nice. This is nice TV. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a murderer and she needs to go to jail. <laughs> she also did stuff, you know, to Rosemary. With that whole baby situation. Oh, boy. <laughs> she was very nice about it. And she is dating a boy too young. Well, he needed he needed to, that little, you know. And if you want to be high, be high. <laughs> and if you want to be low. My, my test movie. <laughs> if someone I knew liked Harold and Maude, oh, then I knew they were oh, a good person. Yeah. So I made Lisa watch it. That's the first thing I showed to her. Cause partly because I had taped a perfect... Uh, I taped it off the television, but I, I cut all the commercials as I was taping it, mm-hmm. which is something I didn't usually bother to do, but for whatever reason, because I love that movie so much, I wanted to have like a version that was ad-free. So <laughs> I was like eating my supper with one eye on the television <laughs> at some points, so that I ran it, ran down and did, did the uh, the turn off, turn on again. <laughs> much to my mom's uh, delight, I'm sure. I was talking to um, a person I'm going to be working with on uh, on a project, and they are uh close to my age a little bit younger okay and they have a friend who's just a little bit younger than them okay and we were talking about different uh different movies and how you know their friend had not seen quite a few movies that are like considered classic sure sure yeah and i was saying oh you know i asked the age and i was like okay they weren't at the age 
of uh, there's you got to watch what's on TV. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the 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 noon movie. <laughs> what's on? Yeah. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Okay, what's on? Lawrence of Arabia. What's on? Sure. You know you got and so you yeah. got to watch it because what are you gonna do? Not watch TV? Yeah, well, exactly right. You know you're not gonna not watch TV. Yeah. So they choose for you the movies that you're gonna see. But like for this person's age, there's a we're we're gonna get something from the, the old VHS. Okay. Uh, you know, shoppy. Yeah. You know, so you choose the things you're going to watch, and then you can watch those again and again and again and again. My sister, uh, who's nine years younger than me, would watch the same movie over and over and over again, and I never did that. No, I because there was no option for that. <laughs> yeah, and as you know, I find I find that kind of meaningless to do that. I think it it sort of runs the movie into the ground as far as well. But know. yeah, but you didn't grow in that era. No, I didn't grow up in that era. But you know, I just talking for myself, right? I think there's lots of movies that don't really stand up to second or third viewings, you know, like what you enjoyed about them. It's just so in the moment of that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's hard, you know, hard to have that. And then also, they're also based in their time, right? Like, I think if you showed someone now, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, they'd be, oh, that's pretty good. But there's lots of movies like that now. So, but when it came out, there was no movie like that. Well, the other thing about Raiders is it turns into a different movie at the end, like a very different movie. There's nothing. Sure. There's nothing at the beginning of the movie that lets you know what that end. Yeah, you didn't know they're going to put a box in a big warehouse. Yeah. You're like, oh, I didn't know this movie was going to turn into a warehouse movie. Yeah, and then that influenced you, and you went like, you know what? One day I want to work in a warehouse. (laughs) warehouse. I want to put stuff in boxes. (laughs) And And then put and trundle them down a a, a narrow aisle, and then put them away forever. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's what what you do now. That's what I do now. Da 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 da. I think I took the message of that movie to heart. That's right. You know what I am? A top man. Some people dream top of, man. Some people dream of becoming an archaeologist. I thought of becoming a warehouseman. Yeah, that's a, that looks good. And I thought of <laughs> uh, I want to be the guy that draws on ladies' uh, eyelids. <laughs> Didn't you do but, it yourself? How? I don't know. But that's what I always try. Assumed. Tried that. If she, if she did, then she should get something for like handwriting. Like she should because get like she couldn't have got a boy to do it. She could get a friend to do it. I know, but that, a friend wouldn't want her to succeed at that because she would also be infatuated with, with no, Professor No, no, the friend Jones. was uh, attracted to her. Oh. But it was back in the day where you couldn't say nothing. <laughs> she, that would still be a reason for, sac- for yeah, uh, some sort of sabotage. Yeah, it also was like, you know, the, and the friend was also, aren't you like way underage? And then she said, uh, yeah, but so is Marion. And like, really? Like what age? And then you look it up and you go like, Woof, this is an aspect of this that uh, yeah, doesn't weird. hold up. That's a that's a bit of the seventies creeping into this movie. Yeah, yeah, or even maybe it's even in the in the fifties too. I don't know. Or maybe it's a lot of. things. I didn't grow up there. That's right. That would be an interesting. <laughs> like, what is the name of the villain? I want to say like Ballsack, but that's not right. Ballsack. Ball yeah, it's like uh, Bakla, Baklava, uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, but you know uh, where uh, Indiana Jones is. Baloc, like, I think, like Baloc or something like that. Baloc, that's yeah. right, and uh, and Indiana Jones. Is uh, giving him the business and just saying like you know oh you do this mm. and just like you just want him to just go like how old was she like fifteen <laughs> and and then Indiana Jones go tugs the collar and goes oh good point <laughs> it was a different time yeah like, <laughs> it wasn't that different a time buddy well, you weren't there. how did his dad how did her dad feel about you oh he hated me why because you were a grown ass man and she was a kid listen man. If you'd opened your eyes during that uh, arc bit at the end, <laughs> not so good for you. I think that, well, to be fair, Old Testament Bible probably wouldn't have an issue with that now that I'm thinking about it. Fair enough. 
That's right. It would get him for wearing mixed fabrics. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, the, the, those guys got melty faces and blowing up heads because they were curious. <laughs> I mean, that's something the Bible will not take. No, 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 no. Hey, what's this taste like? Okay, well, get out of heaven. Oh, no. Paradise. Isn't the implication that, I mean, I always, I always thought that they were as, in as much danger as the Nazis from being melted. It's just that they didn't look. Yeah. It's not, it's not like... The Nazis got melted because they were Nazis. They just got melted because they they looked into I think the, sin, yeah, the Holy of Holies. I mean, they, yeah, the the no human of, should uh, see. Yeah, that's right. They're that kind of thing, yeah. But they didn't look, which is, I mean, it's a smart bit. It's a smart, how do they get out of this one? Oh, they just shut their eyes. <laughs> All right. Works. Yeah, how did Indy know that? Yeah. Oh, you know, did he say something earlier about that being a thing that's in the Bible? No. He just took a guess? Okay, fair enough. That's all right. Oh, I mean... You By the way, to take how, a guess. I mean, culturally, you know that it's. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna believe in that stuff, uh, which I guess you have to, because mm. you know apparently God like liter- literally exists in that world in an so active way. And so does Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Jesus and God are the same. So. <laughs> yeah, but not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily Old Testament God and uh, and uh, the. But Jesus they're the same. God, you can go. But they're the same. Not necessarily. The same. No, not necessarily. Like in you, the Christian religion, they're the same. Yeah, That's why the Old we Testament and the, the New Christ, Testament we are together. We weren't in the Christian religion in the first one. But it doesn't matter. No, but we weren't. They're not the historically one. different. No, it could be. It could be Jewish God is like uh, doing all. But the Jewish prison. God is Jesus God. Yeah, no, it's not. It's the same. The same no, God. No, not not to everybody, and not not in the first one. It's not. It's just because it's this. It could just be that, and Jesus never existed, and that part is uh, you know just uh, you know. A, but a we know. But we know that Jesus existed because of the Holy Grail. Yes, that's what I say. By the third movie, you do. <laughs> okay. But also, whatever the god was in yeah. uh, Temple of Doom, that also exists. Yeah. That's also real. Sure. Everything's real. <laughs> it's all real. So there's aliens, and you're like, okay, so there's aliens. Do the aliens know about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because we know that the Holy Ghost... All right, this is just a can of worms. <laughs> that I don't I'm sure the next movie will answer all our questions. Mmm. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I forgot it. It's okay. <laughs> what were you, what were you I saying? don't even know. I have no idea anymore. <laughs> you ran through the rather, rather quickly. I did. It's like your mind was racing. Yeah, I had some. I had something to say about Indiana Jones, but then why wouldn't I? Oh, here was it. Um, so, uh, so okay. So they're tied up, and uh, and the the Nazis are there, and they open up the the thing. Yeah. Sorry, little spoilers. Uh, and after something happens, I'm gonna say what. Yeah. Um, why don't they die in the desert because they're still tied up? Um, how do they? How, yeah, how do they get untied? It feels like the next thing you should see is them as skeletons in the desert. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> what a fun movie! Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could ask another question: was how come he didn't drown on the uh, on the outside of a submarine? They've really gotten into that. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of articles about that and how that would have worked. Sure, but uh, you know, and also here's the thing: uh, it, none of their articles make any sense because the this U boat was moving through. Uh, territory that was both patrolled by allies and by by the Axis powers, so it could have run into it could have run into a, an unfriendly boat. So you know, like U boats were pretty much um, always underwater; they didn't just tootle along on the surface, right? You know, so uh, you know, any stray bomber going past, you know, this is 
I assume this is during the African campaign. Indiana Jones spent some time in that submarine. Something yeah. happened. Some Nazi opened up like the, the hatch. He punched mm. him in the face. He grabbed him. He took his outfit. He threw him. Then he ran the back ocean. outside when it came into port. Okay. Yeah. Something like, something along those lines. That's sure. Indiana Jones style. Maybe what happened was when they opened their eyes, the, the, um, whatever it was, the celestial being had cut the ropes for them. Like it just dissolved the ropes. Well, maybe. And they just walked away. Could be. All prisoners will be freed. Yes. There you are. Uh, and so what would happen then? Then Indiana Jones would uh, uh, make a call and say, come pick up the Ark of the Covenant and don't get, don't look in it. Yeah. And then everyone's going to go, ah, I'm not going to look in it then. They all did that. No one looked in it. I meant, there's probably one guy who did. Hmm. Security guard. You know, he's kind of curious. He's bored. It was late at night. He went over, looked inside. Yeah. And I thought, I guess Joe quit. Did he go back? Did he leave? I don't know where he went. It's weird. That or he, he was got, here. Or he just got like infinite gold. And it was yeah. like, what? Oh, it's like every other person gets like a good thing. And then uh, <laughs> you get the bad thing. Is that right? Yeah. I yeah, don't. you know, it's wacky Indiana Jones. I don't think it works that way. Who was, okay. who was the villain in, uh, who, what were the type of gods in uh, Temple of Doom? Because I, I never watched that one. What is the? You didn't watch it? Well, I have watched it. I hate it. It's oh, my okay. least favorite movie. Yeah. But uh, what? Uh, Your least favorite movie of all time? Yeah, I'd say so. I really uh-huh. just because the I love Raiders so much. Yeah. That Indiana Jones is such an awful movie compared to Raiders. Temple of to Doom. Me, Temple of Doom. Uh, it's such an awful movie to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes it much worse than Revenge of the Nerds Two <laughs> okay. or Troll Two. This, this is whatever. Kind of yeah, it's like movie. I mean, yeah. Troll yeah. Two doesn't let the troll movie series down. <laughs> it doesn't. Right. It's not. A, it's not a betrayal of you. Yeah. A personal betrayal. Yeah, it's not even a personal betrayal. It's just uh, <laughs> come on. But I just want. Yeah, I was just uh-huh. wondering, like, who's the? Uh, oh, Kali. Yeah. Okay. So Kali is real. So this is a universe where both uh, a Christian god yeah. and uh, Kali yeah. and aliens sure. all exist and they're all uh, they're all real. Yeah, I guess so. What the hell? What do you do for the next one? Because <laughs> they're going to be one. Yeah. What do you do? I, I don't know if it suggests that... Does it suggest that it's real? But I, I don't know. Because with that one... They take s- a guy's heart out. Like, it's supernatural. They take a guy's heart out and yeah. it's beating in his hand and he stays alive. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, and that's a person who worships Kali. So, unless this is a guy with psychic abilities. Yeah. And he's just saying that it's Kali. Yeah, yeah. It's Kali doing sure. all this. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's riffing on uh, Gunga Din, right? The the film. Gunga. Have you ever seen the movie Gunga Din? Oh, nope. It's a very good movie. Very cool. exciting adventure film with, I think, Cary Grant's in it and Victor oh, McLaughlin. Nice. And I can't remember all the... But anyway, um, it's a very good film, though. Very exciting. One of those movies where it's so exciting that when it gets to like the parts that aren't as exciting, it's so boring. It's <laughs> like, oh, get, let's get past this. But yeah, it's a very good film, I and just, that's I what just they know were. You're a better man than I am, Gunga Din. There you go, Roger Kipling. But they were they, they're kind of riffing. That's what Temple of Doom is sort of riffing on that that movie with okay. with its with its thuggies and Kali and all that stuff. So um, yeah, I guess because I like Gunga Din so much, when they did that in Temple of Doom, I was like, oh, this is fun. I can see what they're. See what they're going for here. It was such a weird mix of, uh, again, I think we've talked about this movie a lot, but uh, it's such a weird situation to me where you've got Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is such a uh, grown-up movie. Mm. There's no adorable, wise-cracking little character <laughs> yeah, or anything yeah, like that. Or, yeah. You know, they do have a, a, a sassy monkey 
you know, but turns out to be a Nazi. And then they kill the <laughs> monkey. Like, wow. Like, you would not kill the monkey now. Yeah, he eats a poison date. Uh, but no one kills it. He kills himself by eating a poison date. Well, the, okay. I say they as in the filmmakers. Yeah, okay. The filmmakers give the monkey Nazi justice by, like, the, de- <laughs> the monkey dies for his Nazi sins. Yeah, but like, that's the how monkey they, doesn't know. But that's how they that's how they know that they're poisoned, though. Yeah, yeah. But the monkey didn't does, never read Mein Kampf. Like, the monkey doesn't know <laughs> politics. The monkey doesn't go, sure. like... Well, here's why fascism doesn't work. Yeah. You know, but the monkey dies and you go, fair enough. It was a Nazi monkey. No, it's a weird thing. Um, (laughs) But then the next movie. I think I'm less bothered by animal uh, death in movies than you. Fair enough. I just think they don't, uh, you know, they they need to be cut more Because it's made up. If it's real life, of course it'd be horrible. Everything is made up in the movies. Except for sometimes documentaries. Um, Sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes biopics. Sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> um, but even that fast and loose. Yeah. But then the next one, we also they have, have wisecracking little kid. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of children to save. They have a literal roller coaster in the movie that's, that's like wee. That's a lot of. And fun. then the most gruesome scenes as well. <laughs> yes. You know, which yeah. I guess is something kids like. It's I mean, weird. Like I know it's a, it's a, it's like a screwball comedy mixed with with a you know a slam bang action movie from the thirties. Yeah, with, it's just a, it's a it's a crazy with a guy slowly burning alive and screaming for mm. quite a while. <laughs> this thing's, some things I don't remember from the film, but that yeah, I, I do I do remember that. It's I, been I, a while. I saw it in the is, theater, and that's the last time I watched it. It is almost like the story is being told by a child mm-hmm. who is going, and then he's burning, but like a long time. <laughs> he's really burning a long time, and then they eat uh, brains. Oh my god, monkey yeah. brains! They eat monkey brains, and the woman is all. Hey, so it's like it's like it was written by a little boy like so much of it one thing that's interesting in the way you approach them to me is that is how you want to connect them all and i don't think that's really necessary like you're like in this world kelly is alive and god's alive and i'm like they're different movies like it doesn't matter what happened in the first one to what happens in the second one there's like not connected at all you know no. Like I don't think of them that way. I don't think of them as like a I think when connected story. I think or I think a prequel. Together. I think a prequel is connected to the movie that you know. It, yeah, it no, was I supposed don't. to be a prequel too. Otherwise, we'll just make up a new character. Why are we getting this guy? No, no. Everyone likes the character. It just but it doesn't matter. Like you're just telling a story. Like I don't want it to be as much as it was with River Phoenix, where yeah. it's like how do you get how, how to get his hat? How to get his scar? How to get all this in one day? <laughs> you know, okay, so we're really laying all that pipe down. <laughs> but in um in the in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones, one of his characteristics is he is a disbeliever. He does not mm-hmm. believe in anything supernatural. And it's yeah. like, well, hey. <laughs> then but that's weird, isn't it? About it's like his character in, in uh, Star Wars is a disbeliever, and you're like, Well, hey, there's all this evidence of the force being a real thing. Oh, what would be the evidence for Han Solo of the force being a real thing? Well he's Witnessing it with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and, and all that Where? stuff. Where? Right? What, what did he see? You don't. Well, I guess not. Yeah, I guess the people who would see more, more, disbelie- more weirdly disbelieving are the the officers of the uh, Imperial officers who don't believe in Darth Vader's uh, powers. Mock his mock his ancient. His yeah, that is a religion. bit weird that they do that and then get killed <laughs> and then get choked. Yeah, and it's like hmm. you think you think didn't someone else do this like a week ago and they also got choked. Right. It seems like it's a lesson that everyone would remember. I would but... think Han, so even if he saw like Obi-Wan do something like yeah. lift a lift a little rock or something, yeah. he'd go like, well, that's a trick. Mm. That's the old guy's doing a trick. Like yeah. he's doing a rock. Like, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Mm. But you think he would, ex- like, 
I mean, I, I, you know, I'll forget that. Why I just does he think want? About, he also, by the way, I'm sure he doesn't want Han Solo, yeah. to go exploring the Force because Han Solo is not a good guy. Yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> you don't want him to go and check shit out. And now you got a now you got another Dark Lord sure, over there. Sure, you know. But you'd think it would like get around that there's people who have like power and use it in this way, you know. And you'd be like, even if you never saw it yourself, there's like tons of stories floating around of. I guess you could disbelieve those stories. Well, that's the thing. Like, okay, so if, you know, if, oh boy, it's tough because we don't like talking about the prequels, but now you got a TV series that's good. Um, you got something like a Jedi Academy, and people send <laughs> their kids to the Jedi Academy. I love that movie. And then the kids, and then the kids learn yeah. how to make shit float. Well, now we all know these are special kids and they can make shit float. Like there is no oh maybe maybe oh this is real God. maybe it's not like that's just a thing that you can yeah. do. Sorry, now I'm thinking about a movie called Jedi Academy with a bunch of bratty kids who have to team together with their their put upon master to stop some sort of thing from happening. Pitch it. <laughs> By the way, there is a video game with that name, so you're oh, okay. gonna have to change the name a little bit. But okay. yeah, yeah, that's all, that's all you need. That's it. I pitched it. I can pitch it any more than that. That sounds fun. And they go up against the snooty Sith. (laughs) Well, they go up against... They're all snobs. Oh, that'd be good, yeah. Well, that'd be a later one. That'd be like, Mm. uh, you know, um, some sort of, uh, yeah, college one. Like, I don't even... College comedy. Yeah, I mean, like, I forget the name of the planet that the Jedi have their, you know, council or whatever. But it's definitely, Mm. like, they're the hot shit on that planet. They're, like, the Jedi Council, Mm. which is in a tower, Mm -hmm. and, like, all these people. And it's just like, oh, so people... I guess buy that this is a thing, or or they just go, they're just making it up. I guess that's one of the problems with with the prequels is that they make it too too. It seems too recent to what people's experience of them seems to be in Star Wars itself, mm. where you feel like you know, like Obi Wan Kenobi is like part of some ancient order that's long past its long past its you know yeah. days of power, and it just exists as like very sl- slight legends. And yes, there is Darth Vader who has all this power, but he's like this sort of maybe weird yeah. like anomaly amongst like this only only person with this power. Like you don't feel like like the later movies introduce ide- uh, this idea that everyone is powerful, you know, or, or there's like a huge amount of people who have this sort of power. But in the first Star Wars, you feel like Darth Vader's powerful, and Obi Wan Kenobi is kind of powerful, but it doesn't seem as powerful as Darth Vader, right? You know, because he gets killed rather easily, even though it seems like he lets himself. It, that, but it's the old samurai thing. It's just like, you know, the elderly samurai will kick your ass if you go up to him with like one finger. Yeah. You know, uh, but then there's the guy who's a real tough, mm-hmm. tough, evil guy who's like slaughtering everybody. <laughs> just, you know, uh, he is uh, but it does more twist. powerful in a conventional yeah. way. But it does give the twist of of of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi not, not defeating Darth Vader, but sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. For the the group to to escape or whatever, like he's more of a distraction than he is like doing anything. And maybe because his powers aren't there anymore, like he's not as powerful as Darth Vader, right. so he can he can't win. So he can only win by by sacrificing himself. The only way to win is not to play. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it's weird that so what the problem? That's one of the problems of the prequels is it feels like well, there is only like what twenty years ago that. All this stuff was going down. Like yeah, there was like a, a thousand, that, yeah. a thousand guys in a in a in a, an arena, flinging their sab- lightsabers all over the place. Yeah, and, everyone's watching that. And like that would be like twenty years ago. People, you know, people would remember that. Yeah, not that long ago. 
And like, uh, you know, Luke except for me, want, I'd probably would have forgotten it. Luke but everyone else, to, Luke wants to get off the planet, and uh, you know, is, uh, and and all this stuff, and uh, he's never heard of a lightsaber before. Like, no one's ever talked about. Yeah, that. yeah. Like, people know what that is, right? Yeah. No. Like maybe that's such a. It could maybe maybe you could excuse it like saying, well, it's such a backwater that. Yeah. You know, but you think that like that'd be part of his. Does Luke have no friends? Like, wouldn't they like? Yeah. And, but he does. He has like his friend that they go around killing womp rats or whatever. Oh they yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they go to school? They Are they to, just homeschooled? They go to Womp Farm Rat Hulk? Academy. And once again, that's uh, that's the sequel <laughs> to Jedi Academy. <laughs> so, like, what did this school used to be? Never mind. Never mind what it used to be. It, nothing. What is his friend's name? Because he meets him when he goes. Like, he's, yeah, no, I want to say Baz Luhrmann, but that's not right. <laughs> yes, it's Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why there's a big there's Biggs. A, is it Biggs? Biggs? Briggs? No, Biggs is uh. Briggs. Isn't Biggs big? No, that's Porker. There's a guy named Porker. Porkums or Porker Pork, or Pork Roast. Something <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I think like uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it is Biggs. I think yeah, you're right. I think so Luke Sky. But doesn't he? I don't know. matter. And then how 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 sad is it to be? But like, wouldn't the kids be? I'm in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. who, who do you play? No one. <laughs> Wait, no, who, who is I'm it? not in it. No, who is it? I'm not in no, it. No, are you in any good scenes? Yeah, I'm kind of. Yeah. I'm kind of in it. What's your name? I don't know. I don't know if they named me. They must name you something. What was in your name in the script? Did you have some lines? Yeah, did you have they... some lines? Yeah, what did it say in the script? It didn't uh, have to say anything. <laughs> it was uh, Porky, 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 Fat, Fat, Fat. That was my name. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, his name, oh, by the way, Luke's friend. Uh, was Biggs Darklighter. That's terrible. That's a real bad last name. It's <laughs> terrible. But wasn't... Biggs Darklighter. But okay. wasn't, wasn't uh, Luke Skywalker originally like also a terrible name? Like, was that's Starkiller. Like, yes, that's terrible too. Yeah. That's terrible. They, they later used that in a, a video game called The Force Awakens, and they had a character with that name. Mm. And then they also had Starkiller Base in the uh, most recent... Uh, trilogy okay that was the new Death that's Star, right yeah yeah Starkiller. which again i always say is like uh you know the best salesman in the world was the one who sold them the third death star <laughs> this, this time it's a you planet know what they're not gonna expect no hear me out hear me <laughs> a death star this time we have air conditioning yeah bigger oh wait, wait does this one blow up yes but hear me really out. hard they're gonna never think oh those idiots won't make another one that blows up <laughs> Like, holy shit <laughs> it's like where are we getting the material you know what he takes people out for the best lunches that guy he really knows how to sell the one one of the problems i was, was going to say before you before oh, say that please. i just can't imagine that the kids on tatooine weren't like playing at being jedis like swinging around their pretend lightsabers and mm. having fun with that like that would just be like the greatest game ever yeah and try not to fall into sarlacc pits yeah or step on a womp rat yeah. So what are you going to say? The big, the yeah. Also, is... uh, also, Tuscan Raiders are there. Just you know, uh, well, don't that's... go too far from your 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 hovel, right? Because they're going to kill you. The Tuscan Raiders will kill you, mm-hmm. according to you know Anakin. I don't know. He was an unreliable uh, narr- <laughs> narrator, narrator <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. And then and then you know all the greater the greatest hive of scum and villainy. And then if you go left, there's Jabba's palace. And this is where you're raising the kids? This was the because, safe place for Luke? Yeah, I mean, according to Anakin, but when he kills them in that movie, isn't that supposed to be like a bad thing that he killed all those Tusken Raiders? Well, he, yeah, he, he's like, uh, I killed them. <laughs> Not just the men, the women. 
And the children. <laughs> like, okay. Well, it sounds like you did it in order of difficulty. <laughs> so by the end of it, you're like, I better kill these kids. I yeah, don't want that to be an issue. Witnesses. Yeah. I want but, them growing up and coming after me. Yeah, and then Padme said to him, but these are the last kids you're killing, right? <laughs> and then he went, yeah. I can't see your hands. Are you got crossing your fingers behind your back? No. Okay. <laughs> but no killing Jedi. Okay. You're going to kill Jedi, aren't you? I don't know. I like killing kids. <laughs> <laughs> they're easy yeah they're fun <laughs> but i hate sand i love you so much let's make out <laughs> okay but now that you've told me you killed some kids <laughs> only now maybe i'm a bad it. character maybe we're all bad characters <laughs> we're gonna say the problem is oh uh one of the problems to me with star wars is uh it makes the universe very small mm-hmm. just like someone gets on a ship yeah. and the next thing you see they're landing on this thing and no, they, they don't get look- around yeah, but they never looked like they had to take a bathroom break or they never had to like go to sleep for the duration. I think you need to see that stuff. Well, but like. Would that make the movie better that Han Solo comes walking down the hallway doing up his fly? Well, he's got a ship with that. I'm sure there's a bathroom in the Millennium Falcon. Sure. Yeah. Or just a hole in the side that's really embarrassing to use. It's really embarrassing to use because there's a, there's a, there's a, a, uh, actual like, um, What's the AI it's trapped inside the computer system I of the show? No, that's no good. And then you got Chewbacca's so embarrassing uh, to go to the bathroom. Then you got Chewbacca's litter box right next to it. And it's like he sometimes goes when Han is, and it's like, just wait. <laughs> Let the Wookie poo. Um oh Wookie Poo. Uh but you got Han Solo that's who's got thir- that's the third part of the trilogy. Yeah. You got Han Solo who's got the faster than light drive. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh okay. Yeah. So but no one else does. Yeah, they do. They no, no, like do. no, no, their destroyers do. Yeah. But like when uh Luke is getting in like a little ship and going yeah. pop, 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 like to go to Dagobah or whatever, he doesn't have faster than light drive. He must do. No, because the big deal is that the you know the the Millennium Falcon has it. If everyone's got it, it's no big fucking deal. But like the, the Millennium Falcon has it, there's like whoa, you got the hyperdrive, and they and they go, and then it's like, well, we can't do anything. We've got a hyperdrive. What are we gonna do? Follow them? We can't. We got hyperdrive. <laughs> Yeah, no, of course not. Like all the little ships don't no, have it, that, but they, they can still take those ships to other planets. Yeah, that's, well, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make system. any sense. Why do you think they don't have hyperdrive? Do you think only the Millennium Falcon has hyperdrive? No, the, the destroyers? destroyers do for sure. Yeah, yeah, and other spaceships as well, because otherwise no. everyone would be aging on and dying. No, like, the big moving deal around. is that the Millennium Falcon has a hyperdrive. That's yeah. the big deal. Like, well, that it's fast. Listen, check yeah. this shit out. Yeah. I got this. Okay, it's no big deal if like all the other ships have that. Yeah, uh, they just chase them. But they can't chase them because yeah. the ship's so fast, it's got a hyperdrive, and it's a big deal. That's a thing. It doesn't make it's any like s- if it was Fast and the Furious it and doesn't all make the any other sense. cars had uh, nitrous like in the world. Like, everyone's got nitrous. And it's like, well, then yeah, who yeah. cares? Well, I don't know. No. It doesn't make any sense, though. It wouldn't make sense if they did have it. Like, because they make such a big deal out of it. That is fast. Check this out, baby. It's yeah. got hyperdrive. Oh, well, you mean like everyone else's ships? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, does it? No. Anyway, go kiss your brother. Whatever. Mm-hmm. We're twins. Kiss, kiss, kiss. It doesn't... It, okay. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it, That's yeah, the thing. You're right. It doesn't That's make sense. That's why I said it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, the little ships seem to be able to get to from planet Yeah, like, to if planet. he goes from Hoth to Dagobah, he's going to be like an old man by the time he gets there. Yes! They did. should go to sleep or something. Take a little nap, a little uh, space nap. You're going to sleep in space. An alien will kill you. Then you... Wake up for the wake up for the prequel dead or the sequel dead. Yeah, I guess they don't even consider anything aliens, really, because everything is aliens. 
They're all aliens. <laughs> they're That's one thing you got to consider yeah. when you see like a Luke Skywalker or a Princess Leia, and like they're uh, you know attractive enough and nice enough, but they yeah. are not human. They are aliens. Yeah, you don't know what they got going on. Like there's business with them. They might not have blood. You don't know. You never saw them bleed. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. You saw Luke bleed when his hand got cut off, didn't you? No. Oh, it's PG rated, so you're not going to see much. No, blood. it was just it was uh, cauterized, so it was just like. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. There's. I, I think there was no blood in Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah, it was a bloodless coup. <laughs> over everything. Well, there you go. Maybe there are uh, ancestors. Here's the other problem: was when you got the prequels, everything was uh, the same technology. Only better. Yeah, everything was slick and nice and whatever. Yeah. And then any time that they've done a thing in, uh, you know, books or comics or video games or whatever, it's like, and now we're going a thousand years before. Same technology. Well, when did they build this? <laughs> when was everyone, yeah. you know, like our level? Yeah, didn't they have and, clunky cell phones? Yeah, and who was the person, like, what was the first planet to go, oh, you know, this is how a spaceship works. Yeah. How'd that go? You know, and did they have space wizards back then as well? Was it all wizards on one world? <laughs> and then like one wizard just goes, I'm going to start using science. And they're like, we don't like this guy. You know, where's that going? And then they build spaceships and they start flying around like, hmm, you know, maybe we should uh, get in those spaceships. I don't know. They never get into that at all. Yeah. It's, it's very, very strange. It was a very smart series, though, in that, you know, it's sci-fi and sci-fi gets boring. But it's like, well, how about if there's wizards? <laughs> <laughs> and the wizards can just do wizard shit. Yeah. And, you know, they're around and occasionally they'll wizard it up and they won't do anything sciencey. They'll just wizard it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not strictly science fiction, but it's, yeah, it's a mix of And then mix it of pushes the plot along. Yeah. 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 And I think that's more important to it than, than I- explaining anything. Like we can nitpick about hyperdrives and blah, 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 but it's not important to those films. Like it's just go, 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 go. And, you know, swipe, 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 swipe. Like swipe. Swipe the image. Yeah. Next scene. Swipe the image. Next scene. From here to there. Here's here the biggest there. problem with um, with Next Generation. Next Generation. Uh, or Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. And because, yeah. you know, you talk Star Wars. Sure. Now you have to talk, you have to you talk, have to talk about you, Star Trek. Are we contractually obligated to speak about Star Trek as well? Because Star Trek goes <gasps> goes with the idea that yeah. it they don't have wizards. That's the thing. It's spa- they it's don't just, have wizards. They have they have wizard-like beings. That's the problem. All of a sudden, like, they have a guy show up, yeah. you know, who's like, hello, I've got all the powers of a god. Yeah. Oh, how? You know, I'm being... Yeah, explain how you evolved. Yeah, and to, we've evolved to have all the powers of a god. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you sound like a wizard to me. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. And yeah. I understand that's to move the plot along. Sure, and have some fun. And have some fun. And allow a real hammy actor to ham it up. Right. Sure. But the problem with that is, Dave, yeah. it breaks the whole idea that, like, this is sci-fi. This is science. Yeah, this is... And and you've already got... Ugh, this is the frustrating bit. Yeah. You've already set up a thing where, like, don't you have a magic room where you can go? Yes, that's and, a terrible part of and, it, and, yeah, Yeah, but you've set that up. Like, there's a magic room where you can go, and it simulates everything, and yeah. it can it can break, so you're actually in danger, but you can go anywhere, and you can do anything. Yeah. So you've got a character that shows up now who's, like, a, maybe a villain, maybe a hero. He was, to be unfair, Q was on the show before the hollow deck showed up. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Really? Wait. I'm pretty sure. How? No, wait. It feels like... So the first episode doesn't... Um, doesn't uh, Riker go to visit Data, who's like wandering through. Kind of that's like true. That's true. But it's not. It it's not set up with a kind of like exaggerated. 
everythingness of the later holodeck okay. stuff. It seems pretty basic. To me, that is the problem. It's like you've got a character who can do anything, yeah. but you've already got a room that can do everything. And it's like, yeah. well, then use that. Use that <laughs> thing. And then like, if you want, then like have the room achieve sentience. Yeah, like and now, you'd have to do that. And now it's spreading to the other parts of the ship. Mm-hmm. And now the holodeck has spread you know, to the rest of the ship. And now anything can happen. Well, yeah. there you go. Then you're fine. And that works within the rules you've set up. But otherwise, hi, I'm just God. Okay. Yeah, but fine, I mean, whatever. yeah, because you, what you want with that character is his Mr. McZippoplick. Whoop. Knock over a camel. I say that Mr. McZippoplick, uh, you know, uh, unpredictability where he's super powerful, but also can just like on a whim screw with you entirely and send you to an entirely different part of the galaxy. Then what you do is you make that the person who invented the holodeck was that kind of bizarre character. Yeah. And they put an element of their personality into the into the into the holodeck yeah. and that activates every so often and it's just like I see well I gave you this technology but I like to have some fun sometimes so here's <laughs> what we're going to do yeah and I'm going to challenge the holodeck you. is I assume where per- they go to have sex per- <laughs> I assume they, they dirty, it's imaginary they dirty fun in the holodeck clearly. is the holodeck actually dangerous it, occasionally it will like uh, and by occasionally I mean always <laughs> where something <laughs> okay. breaks and then it's right. like Oh, the security functions are off. Oh, they're down, and but what now is... Moriarty is loose in the ship. But yeah, but he's not real. Yeah, but he can still kill you. But he's not real. Yeah, but he can stab you with a with a hollow deck uh, like knife that's still stabby and will go in your real heart and will. Well, that's not make a your heart explode. That's not a that's not a hologram. That's silliness. What's well, a solid hologram? <laughs> it's a solid hologram. A solid light hologram. It's a it's a hologram. Yeah, I mean that's the thing in the holodeck, though. Yeah. You know, you can touch things in the hologram, so in the holodeck, yeah. so clearly. So I was going to say that with the John Delancey character, uh, you end up with, like, you have a physical threat. Like, you end up in a place that can actually be, like, at, you know, real peril. Sure. But I guess I didn't realize the holodeck is, like, also perilous. As I like, thought it was just, like, a place can, you went to yeah, and pretend the, you're walking in a garden or something. Here's the problem, too. It's like, yeah. what what can he do? Well, he can he can send you to another planet. Oh, you mean like the teleporter, which you've already got? Yeah, he could do that. But here's what he could also do. Get this. He can send you back in time. Oh, mm. you can travel back in time. You just slingshot around the sun. You can travel back in time. You can do that already. Yeah, well, uh, but uh, he can, uh, you know. But he can do it without you wanting him to. He can yes. have a mariachi band. I don't know. <laughs> he can send you back. He can send you back and be a t- to become a mariachi band. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the... I mean, All, everything he I'm not, does. I'm not trying to excuse covered, Q. It's a terrible. It's no, a terrible part of the show. No, but it could be covered show. by yeah. the other things. It's like in um, Spider-Man comics, where like there's some element of Spider-Man that they cover by magic, and it's just like Spider-Man's not a magic character, mm. you know. And I, I, I did just enjoy a Spider-Man movie that had magic in it. I know, <laughs> but Spider-Man is a science character, you know. Sp- he, you know, he fights uh, other people who have had science accidents, and it's. That's his genre. Yeah. And if you have something that's deep and personal and, and connected to him that is connected to magic, it doesn't really work. Yeah. It's like that's not part of who his character is and what he's based in. And Star Wars is smart because it put everything like that together at the very beginning. And But Star Star Trek, knock it off. <laughs> Spider-Man, knock it off. Yeah, it's interesting. The first, the first Star Trek, the Next Generation episode I watched was the one where... There's like a debate between people over whether uh, data is is uh, an actual being, living being, yeah, a sentient being, which I really enjoyed. I thought that was a, an interesting yeah. episode. And I was an int- that's a good sci-fi yeah. plot. That's yeah, a good sci-fi. Idea. And that was good. 
And then after that episode, it just it just was continually disappointing after that. Until I finally just said, "Well, this is, this is as bad as the old Star Wars or Star Trek." I thought when I first like people said, "Oh, you should watch it," so I watched an episode. It was on like I think I said a rerun late at night or whatever, yeah. and I watched it. But yeah, it's. Uh, I liked it. I liked it fine at the time. It was, fine. Hmm. but but I've forgotten everything, and now I'm watching Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds and the, and our Strange New World. But I, I like both of them quite a bit. Mm. And uh, Pia has to like constantly be turning to me and going, that's a reference to this. Like, uh, <laughs> and that's a reference to that. And I think that the stories work on their own. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm like, well, this clearly, we've seen one of these guys before, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what this is. That's what that is. Okay, there you are. Yeah. Yeah, I've probably seen more more Star Trek episodes than I'd care to admit just because of that. What, are you, what else are you going to do? Not watch TV? Yeah. Like, there's nothing else on? It's, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, a Saturday yeah. night you at 10 o'clock. You, get, you know, you're going to watch uh, reruns of Star Trek. That's all that's available. Yeah. You know, and you know that you know that uh, the Twilight Zone's on afterwards, so you, you got to watch something to wait for the when you want to watch. I've watched an episode of My Mother the Car, for crying out loud. <laughs> Is that a bad show? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, well known as a very bad show. Okay, I've never seen Dick it. Dick Van Dyke's brother is the lead. Okay, yeah. Jerry Van Dyke. And, uh, and here are the, here's the uh, opening. Later on, Coach. That's right. Uh, so the uh, theme song, because they would explain the idea behind the shows by theme song. Yes. So you got it. Mm-hmm. And so the theme song was, everybody knows in the second life you're going to come back sooner or later as anything from a pussycat to a man-eating alligator. And I'm like, oh. So we all believe in reincarnation in this. <laughs> Everyone knows this middle is American uh, thing. We all yeah. know that. We all agree. Yeah, you're going to come back in the sure. second life. Wait, by the way, second life. <laughs> like there's going to be a second life. Like this is. It's not multiple lives. Of yeah. reincarnation. You're going to eventually try to achieve nirvana. No, no, no. There's just a second life. Mm. We all know that, right? Sure. That's what the song. It's obvious. Yeah. And so anyway, his mom comes back as a car. Hmm. Hmm. As the as as one does. As one does, yeah, 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 <laughs> and she's the only uh, one that does you come know, back as a car. Come comes back. Well, no, at all. Yeah. Oh, so he, that so we you know would of. Think like by the idea behind this, yeah. occasionally like a cat would walk by and go like Second Life, eh? And they just like keep walking. But can other like, people? Do other people know that she's a car? Because uh, if only he's aware, then maybe there are other people have come back, but only they're whatever clo- nearest and dearest are only aware of them. Oh, as you return, think that's return, part of the yeah. part of the deal. I'm just I'm just wondering. I've never seen it, so I'm just asking. So the man-eating alligator, yeah, uh, has to go up and go like to his wife. Well, second life, this is me. By the way, I got to eat a man. That's right. I'm a man-eating alligator. It's a weird thing for a second life because then that guy comes back, and then uh, hopefully he's not gonna like right. eat me. I wish my parents hadn't named me Al. <laughs> there you go. Well, see you later. You understand what I'm going with this? Bye. Yeah, like. It's it, they set up a much more interesting premise uh, off the top than yeah. uh, they set up, but yeah, most of it is just like, "Mom, shut up." <laughs> you know, they set up a premise, and then they realized how expensive a premise it was. So I guess just so. narrow it down to someone that's affordable. Yeah, you kind of one car, go like, one mum. Is this where Mister Ed is from? Like, is he in the mm. Second Life? And like, you know, you're a person who came back as a horse. Also, <laughs> do you get to choose? Does Mister Ed explain how Mister Ed is a, a horse? Or it probably predates the explanation song. I am going to. Well, no, no. There's an explanation song for Mister X. Is there? I, I don't. Remember, I don't know if I've ever. A horse seen is it. a horse, of course, of course, and yeah. no one can talk to a horse, of course, unless, of course, that something horse is the famous Mister Ed. Oh, so anyone Go can talk right to, to the Mr. source Ed. and ask the horse. He'll give you an answer that you endorse. It's always on a steady course. Talk to Mister Ed. I am Mister Ed. 
Yeah, that's the explanation. So I thought that only the guy, Wilbur, Wilbur, is the only one who can talk to Mr. Ed, and no one else can. He's the only one Wilbur talks to. Uh, And it just causes awkward moments. Yeah, because he seems like he's freaking insane. (laughs) Not as insane as the guy talking to his mom in the car. That is a a Freudian 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 nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A Freudian nightmare, did you say? A Freudian Freudian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or a real Sigmund Ford. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. good okay. Well, you should have just said Freudian nightmare. That would have been. I'm going to go to uh, no, because you got to have the Freudian part because it's mom. I'm going to send this to Dennis Miller. <laughs> Dear Dennis Miller, have you stopped that right wing shit? If so, here's a nice joke for you. Enjoy. And off you go. I'll send it off. He'll 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 use it. He'll use it. Got nothing else going on, comedy wise. He's he's he does. Okay. I'm sure he does. He was nice. Yeah, he was Found kind of on uh, fly on the wall. He was nice. It was nice. He hearing. was really nice. So that was so surprising to hear how supportive he was of other people. Like, like you know, often people, you know, you can go two ways, I guess, when you rise up in, in popularity is you can become an, an asshole who does, doesn't care about people and forgets everybody. Or you can be him who seems to like have endless time for helping people out and yeah. recommending people and giving tips, yeah. giving, you know, rec- recommendations to yeah, send alive. It's, weird, it's right? weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you think of his character, like something that, um, he's a, he's a comedian that Lisa does not listen to, as I've mentioned on, she'll often, she'll turn off the radio when his, when he comes on with his bits. Okay. And I, but before she started doing that, she said, he obviously is very resentful of having grown up poor. Mm. And he's very, he's, that's something that he seems to talk a lot about and okay. have a lot of resentment. And, Interesting. But he's turned that into like a, an antagonism to, to being poor, mm-hmm. you know, so, so that's interesting. But he hasn't turned that antagonism to poverty or to poor people into an antagonism for people who are below him in terms of, of career, you know, career success, which is strange. You know, like like he recognizes fellow travelers in terms of like other comedians and stuff like that as people that are worth his time. You know, and and there's to, you know there's tons of of anecdotes in that episode of them like driving places together yeah. and having great talks and all, you know and it's just you just kind of like it's hard to you know like for us we're like how can you be friends with Dennis Miller that guy is a but obviously. That guy is a, this guy like this. Yeah. But he's also this person over here. But you have, you yeah, you have friends that have an opinion. He's a... That you're just like, steer away from yeah. that one yeah, topic. Right, just right. steer yeah. it away. <laughs> We're not going to get to your opinion right. on... Right. What about the monarchy? Nope, 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 nope. Back. Back we go. <laughs> Back we go. Yeah, I was just looking here. And it's like, uh, yeah, Miller's parents separated. He was raised by his mom. Uh, <laughs> eldest of five kids. <laughs> Uh, doesn't talk about his father. Said he says he moved along when he was very young, and he's very reluctant to speak about, mm. you know, his uh, his childhood. And it's like, yep. And then he found comedy. And he talks, but he talks about living in in a basement suite mm. that had a dirt floor. Yeah. In that episode, so he's living in like a crawl space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, with yeah. a dirt floor, like that was that was preferable to living at home. Or I guess it was just the times you just reach a certain point and you move on you know like yeah, yeah, your mom's yeah. not going to support you forever but rather than pay rent to your mom i'd rather live in a dirt floor like this speaks to like a certain amount of something something going, going on, on. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. going on there there's always something going on yeah well it's the same yeah. thing also with most comedians it's like there there's something going on it's, it's sure. like comedians and therapists mm-hmm. it's like you know 
I was talking to someone recently who was uh, discussing like, you know, becoming a therapist and they were saying, yeah, but you know, I'm so messed up myself. And I'm like, yeah, that's what therapists are. Yeah. Therapists get into therapy because they needed therapy mm-hmm. and they therapy worked for them yeah. and they went, oh, now I want to help other people. But like, it's very rare to meet a therapist who did not need therapy at one point. And that's how they got introduced to therapy. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was, one of the ladies I like to talk to at church after church uh, during coffee time, she's a therapist. And yeah, she goes for therapy. Yeah, she, of course. She said, oh, I got my therapy appointment. And you know I never miss that. She said quite firmly to her friend. And I just thought, oh, I, oh, I didn't just say, think it. I also said, I said, oh, you go for therapy. She goes, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of therapy. That's why I, I'm a therapist. Yeah, you believe in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I was speaking of like fly on the wall, uh, which, oh, man, that's a fascinating podcast. That's such a fascinating <laughs> podcast. It's like, like you couldn't make that podcast up if you tried. How so? Like, how do you well, mean? Well, it's because you've got someone who clearly peaked mm. in their life. Yeah. And then went through a physical thing as well that was like a weird physical thing that like really messed them up. Okay. But it's like, what, it's a person talking about basically having peaked. Yeah. And like, where are you now? Yeah. And what do you do with, with your life? And like, mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about the glory days. Yeah. Like, okay, when you were like on top and yeah. then you got a person next to you who was not on top, you like who worked with you at the same time. Yeah. But like you, you were much more famous than them. Yeah. But now they're doing better than you. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird dynamic as well. But they still don't feel great about themselves. Yeah. And yeah. where they're at, and they're <laughs> both and they're both embarrassed, kind of. Where yeah, but you're they're at. still friends. Yeah, but you're also famous. Yeah. And you've got very famous friends who you're going to have on the show talking about the glory days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. Like they had uh, Martin Short on, and oh, uh, I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Is that the most recent one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank and you. so they they love Martin Short, mm-hmm. and. Martin Martin Short's interesting because he's not a million miles away from Dana Carvey. Like, not a million miles away style-wise from, from that kind of thing. They're both character comedians. Yes. Both on Saturday Night Live. Both better as char- both be- better as supporting players than they are as leads. Sure, yeah. Uh, but, like, Martin Short normally does the thing where, like, he'll uh, do zingers to people like <laughs> when he's on Conan or what have yeah, you. Yeah. But you could tell that he knew... That like Dana Carvey and 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 David Spade to a degree, yeah. David Spade less so, yeah. Were too vulnerable to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting. It was like, oh no, they're just they got this deep need, mm-hmm. and like you can't, yeah. And you did a couple of them, but yeah. it was like mm, you can't. <laughs> yeah. And at one point, like uh, uh, Dana uh, Dana Carvey is talking about uh, Carson and saying how. Uh, you know, uh, Carson uh, loved him, but then he, they did a sketch that was too mean, and that mm. turned him off. And, and yeah. he went like, "I didn't write it." And uh, and Martin Short went, "That was the funniest sketch you ever did. That was the <laughs> best sketch you ever did." And then da- and David Spade joined in and was like, "Yeah." And uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Phil is uh, saying, you know, peaked in the seventies. <laughs> a reference no one gets now. And it's like, yeah, it was the best. But you could tell that Dana Carvey always regretted that sketch. Yeah, yeah. And felt that that sketch was one of the sketches that like really hurt his life. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it separated him from Carson. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, now Martin Short can't can't say anything past that point because clearly this is a traumatic incident for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, there's just all these 
trauma minds that are just <laughs> all around while you're and, and yet they're also very hyper mm-hmm. and like if they get on a bit of a riff they'll go mm-hmm. but then the riff will end in sadness like it'll be like they'll start doing an impression and just doing an impression that they love yeah, yeah. and then just like it'll end kind of sad or the other one will talk over them and they'll yeah. just be like oh there was no glory moment at the end with the audience clapping and it's like what is this this is so strange it is very strange but it's very strange is though <laughs> they'll both ask two separate questions at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so it's so weird yeah they're both like they cannot they're like, there's no coordination between them yeah uh, dana carvey needs this he mm-hmm. needs the attention but the david spade also knows if he doesn't talk over him yeah he's not gonna say a word yeah, yeah. so you've <laughs> gotta talk over him and say your thing as well yeah yeah and and yeah and it's weird too because like martin short who is very much like them mm-hmm. in looks and what have yeah, you yeah. has like the number one show on hulu on streaming it's a big hit show he's uh, a big only success. murders in the apartment yeah yeah or or building, only I mean? murders, in, murders in the building yeah good show so like he's successful Mm -hmm. and also had the weird thing of like was just on saturday night live for one season came in killed left is that right it was only for one season him billy crystal christopher that's right all all had a one-year contract yeah with dick ebersol it was the year Mm. before um lauren michaels came back yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's right and so he never experienced lauren michaels either so that's another because those guys you know obviously like all of them it was interesting listening to molly shannon on the week. I have not heard that one. Okay. Yeah. Because she is a big fan of Lauren Michaels. She loves Lauren Michaels. She talks to him all the time mm-hmm. and just says he's your biggest fan. Mm. When you're on the show, the relationship is a bit, bit different. But when you leave the show, he's your biggest supporter. He's your biggest fan. Yeah. He, he never, he'll never, you'll never be let down by him, you know. And she's just like telling all these things. And you're just like, wow, it's interesting to hear everyone's, you know, experience of him. Because obviously... You know, he's going to be different for different people as well. Some people need a hard, some people need a firm dad, some people need a, a friendly dad. Some yeah. people, you know, it just depends. I mean, Mark Marin, uh, you know, uh, did so many episodes talking about his audition with Lauren Michaels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and you want to just say, like, yeah, you were a nightmare back then. Sure, yeah. He was right. <laughs> Yes, 100%. Yes. Like, yeah. he smelled smelled it on you. <laughs> he smelled it I was just like, get the... No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe Marin... I mean, they all seem to agree that what he was looking for was something that wasn't the same as everyone else. You know, so if you went up on stage and you just did, like, you know, boilerplate comedy bits that everyone else did... If you did what they're already doing. Then... Which is not, what you will do. Yeah. Because you're thinking, oh, I got to use my killer bits. You got to do your killer, yeah, and and, that and that's where case. Dennis Miller comes in, right? Yeah. Where he says, "Don't do your killer bits." Yeah, screw up. That's more interesting. Yeah, be more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I I, I always go back to uh, the Dave Chappelle uh, thing, talking to uh, Trevor Noah, yeah, and Trevor Noah asking him, "Well, why you got me opening for you? There's funnier guys." It's like, yeah, but you're interesting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and interesting is is better than uh, you know killer. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and Lauren Michaels is looking for people that will work well with others. Interesting yeah. takes, different, uh, something sure. that you don't have in the mix right now because he's putting together a team, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, so, so he's looking for people who are good teammates. Yeah. You want people who will work together well, not necessarily group, like not necessarily always get along with each other, but people who will 
you know, the, the locker room. It's a comedy locker room mm-hmm. kind of situation where you're going to have your alphas, you're going to have your, yeah. your not alphas who are going to... You don't want you know. six Thors on the event. <laughs> you want, yeah, you don't want all the same person. You yeah, want a Hawkeye. Yeah, you, yeah. you need a Black Widow in sure, there. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you need like an actual team. You do need you need leaders, but if everyone's a leader, then it's just a disaster. You need some people who will be, who, you know, will be acknowledged as leaders and be able to lead and other people who will be happy to follow and that's not that's no reflection on them as talents or anything like that yeah. just as personalities and you, you just want all those all those mixes in there you know what you need that and yeah it's uh, it's, it's it's interesting and so maybe marin i mean at that time probably was just a pretty average comedian doing you know a lot of cocaine humor and whatever else you know cause... and by uh, all acknowledgement of everyone who knew him an asshole yeah so yeah. do you want when you're up against it and the pressure's on yeah. do you want someone who's an asshole yeah who's know, not a uh, team player who's yeah. out for himself who's gonna yeah yeah and i'm not sure if he was still drinking back then or not but like you know that's got to be like on uh, on their minds because <laughs> you know that's been an issue in the past mm-hmm. so they are, they are. Although it seems to be something they'll overlook if you're talented enough. But maybe it's, they'll overlook it if you start while you're doing the show and not when you come onto the show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, it's so yeah, it's a very interesting it's a very interesting show for the like the fly on the wall for the subtext mm. more than the text. Because mm-hmm. the interview questions are terrible. <laughs> the are. guests are great. The guests are great. Like, Jesus Christ, you've got Tom Hanks on? Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. These are these are just killer guess. Yeah. And you can't get a fucking question out and you can't get an answer out. <laughs> but you are getting a feel of, oh my God, what yeah. was what's going on? What's yeah. going on in the room and what went on back then? I know their questions are all their questions are basically like this. So uh, I got a question for you. Um, what do you think about me? Like if you were thinking about me, like what would you think about me? Like, that's other questions. Yeah. Over and over again. Like, you know, I know you were on Saturday Night Live for three years, was it? Yes. What did you think about me? I was just saying, oh my yeah. gosh, you guys. And there's never follow-ups. Like, there was, there was one that just, like, drove me nuts uh, on this one where, you know, he was talking about how, you know, Carson liked his impression of him. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, uh, mine was a little different than... Uh, Rich Littles, and then and Martin Short was saying like, yeah, you had that glaze behind your eyes, like dementia was just around the corner. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Martin, you're right. That was part of it. it was like, mm. but then he went like, he realized I think that that he just didn't want to hear that, and he said like, you know, uh, he'd never liked Rich Littles' impression of him either. Yeah. Okay. That's a that. Let's go down that road. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. very interesting. Sure. No, no, it's not, no, we don't need to go there. That's that's nothing because that's not know, about me. <laughs> you know, and also, you know, a David's got a question that's like you yeah, know, yeah. unrelated. That's nothing. That's just like yeah. I gotta ask you this. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, think. What do you think of me? Yeah, that's right. When you think of me, what do you think of me? It is. I mean, there's. If I don't, if I don't, if I'm not interested in the person they're interviewing, I don't listen to it because I just. It's not. It's not going to be interesting. And unfortunately, sometimes when a, when a compliment is given, it's it really feels like an episode of the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> it feels like Larry Sanders shows or Larry, the Larry Modlin show. No, no, the Larry Sanders show <laughs> or Samuel Modlin show. I should say. Yeah, no, no, because like with Larry Sanders, what you'd get would be like you had a character like his announcer Hank, who's like a real negative character. Like yeah. he's a 
he's a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, if you give him compliments, yeah, he'd be like, huh? He'd be very happy and he's in his zone. Yeah. But then you get too big, and then you and then even slip up, and you'd reveal something that was really dark and wrong. Yeah. And yeah. it's like that's what happens. Like yeah. if you compliment the guys, they'll start riffing on something and get too big, and then something will be said, and it's like that's too much. You shouldn't say that. But you but you fed the beast, and the beast is now it's so hungry. The beast is so hungry for yeah, this. Yeah. And it just becomes a frenzy. It's so interesting. Mm. But I just, at the end of it, I just want to go, is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? And then you just hear them doing their little ads for like sex toys or whatever. And it's just Mm. like, what's happening? Why are you doing this? Just do cereal and things. Oh, well, it's fine. Whoever whoever pays. Yeah. Because they do those, I guess they have those spot ads that you can get now. That are sort of randomly inserted into your show at the beginning or end of it. Oh, okay. And so sometimes there'll be local ads. Okay. That are just randomly inserted. I don't know how they do that, but they do it. We could do it, mm-hmm. but who would want it? It's mm-hmm. my question. <laughs> uh, have some local, you know, when you need glass replaced, use Speedy Glass. You know, Speedy Glass is a, that's a local company, but I guess mm-hmm. I guess they can like. Just insert them in in some way. Yeah, that's what Speedy Glass does. They figure <laughs> they insert glass and ads. That's right. They figured it out. Oh, that's my watch. Oh no, your watch. Making a little. What happens if you break your watch? Where would you go? Speedy <laughs> Glass Repair. Speedy Glass Repair. Because that's a glass watch, right? It's a gla- it's a gorilla glass. Yeah. There you go. Then they fix that for you. Boom, Speedy. <laughs> boom. But only when you have that little ding right off the top. Like if you wait too long, you're gonna have to get the whole thing replaced. What's that gonna cost you? <laughs> Ugh, arm so and a leg. Much money. Here's an interesting thing with my. I have a Fitbit, just so people know, because I wanna, I wanna measure my, my walking. How much did I walk today? How many steps did I do today? Man, how many steps did you? Oh, it doesn't tell me. I'm doing a thing with uh, one of our high school friends right now where we're encouraging each other. And so she'll write me and tell me how much she's walked. Oh, that's good. That's good. And so there is an app, but my phone is kind of dying. So I don't want to, I don't want to move it along. But um, I walked to, I walked to the pool. So I got uh, 60, 60, 60,592. 6,592. 6,592. Okay. Now I got it. But then I, but then I swam for an hour. So there you go. That's good. That's good. Now I got to do it. Now I got to go to my stupid. Now you got to swim? Okay. Very good. So I walked today. I walked not too much, actually. 17,511. 17,000 is not a lot. Not for me. 17,000 is not a lot. Yesterday, 26,521 steps. What are you running from, man? I'm going (laughs) to ask you what I asked my sister when she was like going on marathons. What are you running from? The interesting thing about yesterday, though, is it it, um, it said I had biked. I had biked for 40 minutes, outdoor biked for 40 minutes when I mowed the lawn. But I guess because the way I was holding my hands okay, on the lawnmower, right. it took that as me okay. riding. So I thought, must have thought I'm a very slow rider and I didn't get very far because I just seemed to be walking, riding in, in, a, in straight lines back and forth. Okay. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of weird. How it, and then I, I got it. I didn't a, do much 17,000. <laughs> That's a that's that's not every. A, I'm just saying everybody is rolling their eyes out there. We <laughs> got people out there who do marathons. I just meant that it's, who are all rolling their eyes at the idea of I didn't do much, much at seventeen thousand. So last night I got um, pretty good actually three three hours and fifty eight minutes of sleep. That's not good. That's pretty good. No, it's not. Yesterday, three and a half hours sleep, which is which is pretty good too. No, it's not. <laughs> None of this is good. <laughs> What's weird though is it? It's the three hours and thirty minutes of sleep. It gives me a sixty-eight 
or 69 sleep score. I'm just like, no, that's telling you when you're going to die. You're going to die at 68 if you just keep uh, getting three hours of sleep a night. Come on. Gotta get more sleep than that. But this is wrong, though. How can I get 358 minutes? I went to bed at 1 and -hmm. woke up at 413. What's wrong with that? What's the math? That's three hours. Three hours and 12 minutes. Okay. Anyway, I guess I was sleeping while I was standing up. Maybe I slept at work today. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And didn't know it. Yeah. There are times that I think I fall asleep and I don't know it. When I was in that, I was in a terrible traffic jam coming here today. I was in line, in in a line for about half an hour waiting to get past a a crash. By the time I got there, the cars were still there, but they'd cleaned up most of the the mayhem. But it was three three, uh, vehicle accident on the bridge. So everyone was waiting to go across the bridge. And uh, and I was getting very tired (laughs) while I was waiting. I was like, come on, I need, I need uh, something, stimulation to keep me awake here, guys. Right. When you were, uh, when you were like, uh, uh, like in your early twenties, early twenties, would you, uh, would you sleep longer? Oh yeah, probably. I just, I had less to do then so I could fit sleep in. Okay. But I tended to stay up way later then and I would, but I would just sleep like the equivalent. I usually slept six hours, I guess. Okay. I would go to bed around three or four in the morning and then get up at 10 or 11. Okay. Just depending. I just want, I'm wondering, like, obviously, I think you probably need more time to repair yourself than uh, three and a half hours. Uh, But uh, is that enough dream time, I wonder? I don't remember my dreams, so I guess. Maybe maybe you don't get to those dreams because you don't sleep enough Mm. to get to the REM sleep uh, situation. No, I do dream, but I just don't, I don't remember them. How do you know that you dream? Well, I mean, I do, sometimes I'll wake up and be like, oh, that was interesting what was going on, but a half an hour later... Uh, hour later, I couldn't tell you what it was that I was dreaming about. But yeah, um, I had a, I had a dream. I, I know everyone likes to hear dreams. Uh, I had a dream the other night <laughs> okay. uh, that uh, I was uh, my family uh, went. Yeah, you know what? You've been staying here too long. Been staying in this house too long. Okay, got to get back to your house. And I'm like, oh yeah, I sh- no, you're right. I've been hanging out here way too long. Yeah. Okay, I should. I should start packing up. And the only bag I had was this plastic bag that was kind of sticky, and I was like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like clean, get get as much stuff as I could. And I don't want to get my stuff sticky, but like you know, I'm like you know they're right. And then I'm why like, did you turn it inside out? Uh, I think the outside was sticky as well. Oh, okay, okay. And so and so it was like okay. So where do I live? Oh shit, where do I live? I haven't <laughs> gone back to my place for so long. I'm like I'm trying to remember the things about my place, and and then I realized like wait a minute, this is my place. Yeah. No, my family moved in with me. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's been so long that they're trying to pretend that they're gaslighting you. Yeah, they're trying to pretend that like this isn't my place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I, and yeah, it was this big thing of relief of like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. This is I belong here. And it was. I woke up with this nice feeling of just like I belong here. This is good. Nice. Yeah. And I think there was a, a bit of a feeling I had about like maybe this place where it was like, ah, you know, maybe I don't belong here. <laughs> Maybe this place is too nice. Maybe I shouldn't. Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold. Yeah. Hold, hold everything. Hold everything. Yeah. This is the first, I think this is the first month where the rent is like, oh boy, uh, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? And I've got about a week and uh, a day to figure that out. So it is like that has been on the brain and uh, and and we will figure something out. But like it's it's. It's the first time I've had that in a long, long time. Yeah, where it's been like I don't know, hmm. I do not know how we're gonna how we're gonna uh, make this uh, this time. But I will I will do it. But hmm. I I don't know exactly how. Wow. Yeah, 
we had something that we were we were going to do. Yeah. And then uh, the like basically uh, we were selling some art that okay. was like my wife's art. Yeah. Uh, and we, so we got it to the dealer like about two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, didn't know from the dealer that they were uh, they had a wedding, uh, their uh, relative's wedding. So they've gone off to that. So. Mm. It has not been sold. Okay. Stuff. So okay. now it's like, okay, so that, which is what we were counting on, yeah. is not happening. So it's like, okay, so other options, other options, other options. And that's what we're going through in our heads right now. Wow. Yeah. I haven't had that in a while. You know, and uh, and it's uh, it's uh, it's it's not an it's not an old friend that I'm uh, happy to see. Again. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna, be, we're gonna be okay like next month because uh, you know stuff. I I know stuff is coming in next month. Sure, sure, sure. But it is one that's just like yikes. Yeah, yeah. We had we had like all this work go away with the pandemic. Like, yeah, yeah, All the yeah. major sources of income yeah. just washed completely away. Yeah. Yeah. And have not washed back yet. No, there's no washing back of them. No. You no. know, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Poopy. Stupid pandemic. Yeah. I'm against it. <laughs> Coming down firmly against disease. Yeah. I had, uh, there was a comedian I know who uh, two weeks ago, yeah. Uh, forgot they had a gig that night. Like they Ooh. were, they were the, they were the show. They were the headliner. They were the headliner, and like, they just completely forgot. And they had never done that before. Wow. Never. But and that's the show's like stress. It, though, it was yeah? just a nightmare. Yeah, it was mm. just a nightmare to them. Mm. Uh, and and yeah, it's like, oh, you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. We're all fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just know that. You know, yeah. every so often something will happen, and you'll go, "What's wrong with me? Hold mm-hmm. it. Yeah, just yeah. Look around. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. We've all been through a lot. No, you're right. We're all a mess." Uh, so, you know, let's just cut each other a little bit of slack here and here we go. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hard right now. You're, it's easy to, to forget things. It's easy to. Yeah, we had a, we had a, our neighbor, uh, drop by and, uh, and I was, I was worried like something, obviously, like, I, I was worried there was something that we had done yeah. to screw up or just like, hey yeah. guys, cut that lawn or <laughs> watch, whack those weeds. And like, yeah. we will whack the weeds, but we had our weed whacker stolen. So. Yeah. The weed whacker is a little expensive to get a weed whacker right now. Yeah. I know it's not yeah. the most expensive thing, but sure, sure. So the weeds remain unwhacked. But they <laughs> but they just wanted to talk about how they were having a rough time. Oh wow. Yeah. And it was like they've had to, you know, apply for work that uh they felt they were past. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but once again they're applying for this job that they would have done maybe fifteen years ago. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. They're that, and they were they were feeling kind of like a failure and whatnot, mm. and uh, it was like, oh, everyone, and we kind of were telling them about our thing, and like, really, it's like, oh yeah, oh, and by the way, we could knock on doors around this neighborhood right now <laughs> and just ask how you doing, yeah. and we're going to get this as mm-hmm. well because mm-hmm. you know we we all kind of keep it mum to ourselves about this, yeah, 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 but it was it was it was nice that they they came to us to talk i i that was really really sweet it was mm. like it's made us feel like neighbors it felt it felt good that is and, nice and you know are per, you talking about the per, person behind you i'm talking about somebody okay yeah maybe i should have asked that question <laughs> i'm i'm doing a gesture right now yeah just wanted it's, not, to... it's not my place to say yeah no no i just i was just curious because yeah yeah you have more than one neighbor. So. I do have more than one neighbor. And so what I'm saying could be any neighbor. Yeah. But yeah, they were having a, a similar kind of uh, pro- mm, s- mm. sense of 
Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where am I? What am I doing? What what's what's fucked up? Why did I fuck <laughs> up? I'm this old. Yeah. I shouldn't be doing this at this oldness. And it's like, yeah, but also, mm. you know, all the things that are going on at, the, at this present time. Yeah. Yeah, it could overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize it, too, because you you normalize it for one thing in your mm-hmm. in your mind. It just becomes what you are. And then you can't remember that you weren't like that before, that you did have a memory or you were on top of things more than you than you are. You know, Part, partly for me, it's work has been so busy. It's finally starting to ease off now. Like what I was talking with one of the other guys at work today and he says, he said, does it feel weird to you that it actually feels like we have time? Like I have time to do something like it's not that important, but yeah. I, it, I have to do it. It needs to get done. But it's, you know, if any other, if it was like two weeks ago, I wouldn't be doing this, you know. He said, and, you know, like, think like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you were like, you were like Rain Man, uh, you know, detailed, like just keeping everything on, on top of everything, like to a crazy degree, you had to keep your mind on all these different things that were going on. Mm-hmm. And now there's, it's nothing, nothing's going on. Like we're just doing our regular work right now. Yeah. You know, I can actually walk into the office and say, hey, I'm clear. Can I, you know, pass me some work. I'll do some work, you know. But I couldn't do that like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was so inundated by all that, all this extra, all this extraneous stuff that is work related, but it's nothing to do with what I would have been doing like two years ago, you know, because the whole way our work has been going is different and it's starting to get, it's starting to normalize again. It's starting to get back to like, oh, we can do stuff ourselves here. We're not relying on like these people over here to keep feeding us stuff because only they have stuff to feed us. We don't have anything of our own and that's starting to change. So it's a nice feeling that way. And it's just going to keep getting more and more that way. Eventually, we'll have everything that we need. We can just do our own stuff, and we don't have to worry about. We'll get a few things from there, from you know, from Edmonton, but we won't have to be uh, entirely cool, you know. And that's good for me too, because you know, like the last while, I have not like the last well since before, well since last year, I guess I have not done anything. I used like anything I used to do. I haven't done any of my old work that I used to do that I used to like to do there because I've just been. The processing all the stuff that keeps pouring in through the, yeah. through the bay doors, this constant stream of stuff, you know. And I mean, we're going to get a trailer that's coming. It's going to be a nightmare. I was looking at it today and I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> this is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of work, a lot of work. And uh, it's just going to be work. It's not going to be any fun at all. So it's going to be really easy to, to empty the trailer. Yeah. But where we're going to put stuff, I have no idea. And then it all has to get processed afterwards. And I'm really curious uh, what you're going to think of this book that I just lent you, which is uh, called Factory mm, Summers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. about someone with their summer job. And, uh, yeah, that's a summer job. So I, I mean, It's a very different situation. It's, it's different in the sense that how committed are you to it, you know, like... But is it, but isn't there's like a kind of a cast of like people that work there mm-hmm. okay, that I think yeah. you might relate to some of them. Sure, as sure, like, sure. Yeah, sure. there's a, there's analogs. Yeah, to, uh, to myself Every, like other jobs I've had, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, there's always okay. that. There's always that, and you know, I fall I fall into the I care about my job category. I not just care about my job. I care about the job. You know, like I always say, you know, when you're training someone, you can teach them to do the job, but you can't teach them to care about the job. Sure. So, you know, you can teach them all the the trick, you know, all the little things that you like to do and all the how to do it properly. And then you come back a day later and it's just a big mess. And they put it all together and just like, hey, look at this. Isn't this great? And you're like, uh, I guess, but why didn't you do it like I showed you? Like, this is weird. A day later and you thought you thought you had a better way to do it. Okay. 
Do people uh, that you that you train or whatever know the other stuff that you do? Uh, I don't go too much into it, but if people will, if people are to- if I'm talking to people, I'll talk about it. Okay, like I don't hide it or anything. I think there's a thing that happens with people sometimes where uh, you know, uh, parallel to the person I was just talking about a while mm-hmm. ago, uh, but like the idea, like if you're working somewhere like a restaurant, yes, you know, ugh, I'm a restaurant worker, yeah. But like if you talk to another restaurant worker who's also just like. Oh, and I'm also doing this, and I'm also doing this, and this, and yeah. this is a job I have. Yeah, you know, but I'm all, I'm doing these other things as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't everything that I am. I think there's something that we do where we define ourselves sometimes by our work, and if the work isn't something that you connect with, uh, then you feel oof about yourself. But if it's <laughs> like this is what I'm doing for money, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and do the best job I can. Yeah, you know, and it's going to help support the other things that I like doing as well. Mm-hmm. Whether that is, you know, supporting your family, obviously. Yeah. Or, you know, other things that uh, that you like, you know? Yeah. You know, you're uh, you're someone who like works in a factory, but you're also someone who does a does a podcast that gets like letters from all around the world and occasionally sure. there'll be like a magazine article written about something you've done or and you've got signed books in all these bookstores in uh, all around Canada. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's neat. It's weird. But, it is it's weird, <laughs> but I think it's, I think that would be an interesting thing for someone who maybe was starting working there and just yeah. being like, oh, maybe I I don't want to define myself just as a factory worker. Yeah, yeah. Nothing nothing wrong with that, but like sure. you can be multiple things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I would never. I mean, there there are guys there. To be to be honest, there's guys who work there, and I'm like, well, this is the best you're gonna ever be. Right. This like is their you, job. You're not better than this job. No, no. You know, there are people there that I think that you're better than this job. Like, if you wanted to, you could move up from this place. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people have moved up in that place, if you know what I mean. Like, they've been promoted to positions that have more more responsibility because they're good workers, because they were, you know, they deserve that. But, yeah, there's other people that you're just like, well, this is, this is good. This is a good job for you. Yeah. This pays well. It's good work. And it's a good place to work. And this is as good as you'll ever your life, well, I so. remember, yeah, I remember like many jobs I used to have where, you know, the, the manager, whoever it was, would like give me the pep talk of just like, you know, if you work really hard, you're going to move up to this, move up to this, and then maybe you'll have my job one day. <laughs> and I was like, I know the amount of hours you put in. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I would not be able to do anything else that I would want to do. Yeah, yeah. I want the amount of hours that I can do the things I want to do and this mm-hmm. supports the things mm-hmm. that I want to do. Yeah. But, you know, you can't say that, obviously, to them. No, no. You, you know, just go, That oh, seems sure. rude. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that can be a job, can be a job. Yeah. No, it's funny, like, this is... Okay. I'm going to talk a bit about work, guys, but you can't tell anyone I talked about this. Okay. So when when we lost our, our last branch manager, like when, the guy who was branch manager when I took over, he was a very... In some ways, he was already retired from his job. Mm. You know, he was kind of moving out, moving out as I when I started there. But he was also very willing to delegate. He's very, he's not a person who's afraid of delegating. Some people are very, you know, much. They want to have control of everything because they don't have the confidence in themselves to let other people achieve things. Because that would maybe I'll be replaced. Yeah. So I want to be invaluable. So I'm gonna keep all this stuff for myself, Right. keep all this information and, and knowledge to myself, and then only I can know these things, and that will keep me from being fired, right? But this guy wasn't like that at all. Like, to him, the ideal the ideal situation for, for, for the company was that we could work entirely autonomously from his control. 
that he didn't have to be there at all for us to to work oh, okay. as a you know and you know and it was a very well-oiled machine and everyone and it was a very you know and it was a great place to work and he was not there a lot of the time and people would often be very ironical about the fact that he was never there you know and that when he built his house he was never at work and blah 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 but my feeling was like do you want your boss at work with you like when i worked at sunburst medical it was the greatest i mean i like my boss i like my bosses sure. i didn't really like you know my boss that was not was a difficult person but my boss was a great guy and i was perfectly happy when he came to work but I was even happier when I was working by myself. Sure. And that was just the best. Yeah. And I felt like this, like, do you really want your boss hanging around all the time? That's not great. But okay, guys, like, sure, make fun of him. But when he was, when he was retiring, they wanted uh, one of the people in the office to take over the position. And, and I heard he wasn't interested in it. And, I, and I, so I talked to him. I said, well, why don't you want to move up? Like, obviously, it's more money, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, it's way too much work. Mm-hmm. He, says, he says, no one here knows how much work the branch manager does here. You know, like I couldn't, I wouldn't want to put in the hours that he puts in, which I thought was so hilarious because all the time I was there, it's constantly talked about like how lazy, blah, 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 this person is. So now that branch manager quit. The one that, you know, they wanted to take over, didn't want to. So he's still in, in his position. This, you know, he's a family guy. He has kids and stuff like that. He doesn't want to be at work all the time and be constantly have to be available on the phone for the owner of the company to call at any time. So they hired a new guy to come in. This guy, said, when he came in, he said, I don't want to complicate. I'm here to compliment. When you, when you hear that, you go, oh, it's going to get complicated. <laughs> and he's much more hands-on, which is fine. Right. Everyone's different, but it is different, right? Yeah. Because before, it was very hands-off. We didn't, we didn't, we saw the branch manager when he came in and he'd come in and he'd be like, you know, you know, hello, young man, you know, whatever it's to, to me, this gray-haired old fogey, you know, which is very nice to hear, but I, I always say, Mike, we're not that different apart in age, but okay. Uh, he'd be like, oh, no, you're young to me. We're not so different, you and I. That's right. <laughs> oh, yes, we are, because I'm retiring soon. That's very different. Uh, you, Mr. Freedom 95 plan. So then um, it's just different, you know, and I think it's taken people who were used to the other way of working that, you know, you just work autonomously and this person isn't like sticking is getting too much into your business you know and now it's the opposite of that someone really wants to be part of the business and is different in personality and different in their sense of what they want to control and blah 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 and it's it's a kind of fascinating thing of like uh you know be careful what you wish for (laughs) because you just might get it yeah yeah so yeah it is not like i say it's not terrible it's just different you know and you just have to like it's just different that's how it is you know that's a that's a big part of just now is like it's just different <laughs> there you go yeah, yeah it's just different <laughs> you might not ask for it be careful what you wish yeah, for yeah it could be worse yeah but it could be yeah it could be, it could be worse, worse. And it's hard to complain because you know other people have it worse yeah yeah but it is different but as i always say your problems are your problems is, uh, <laughs> different is a little tiring sometimes different is uh you gotta yeah some work yeah yeah but you know, if you can adjust to different, then uh, then you're well. That's it. Like if you're, you're okay. a, if you're a well-oiled machine that works in a particular way, when someone else comes in and says, "You guys work really well," it's a really great well-oiled machine. I'm just going to throw a few changes to this well-oiled machine, and the well-oiled machine is like, "Well, wait a second here, because we do it this way, and you want to make us do it this way." Well, mm-hmm. you know, so that's yeah, that's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> you got it. You understand the situation. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a lot more work, isn't it? Yeah. And then you know, one of my things I always say is that if someone offers you if someone offers you something at work that, you know, is like a promotion or whatever, then you say yes. 
you don't say no because you can't say no to those sort of things. Once you say no, then you're never going to, you're stuck. You're, you're doomed. You've doomed yourself. So when I said yes to doing the job I'm doing now, I didn't, I had no idea what I was stepping into because, you know, I had did, I filled in for the person who did what I do now before. And it was a lot different then. It was very simple and very basic. And you, you did it for a little couple hours and then you were done. You went on, you did the other part of your day. You know, when I took over, it it was, not only was it all of my day, it was all of my day plus all of my overtime. Oh boy. To try to keep up yeah. with what was happening, you know. And I couldn't do anything that I did before. That's that's completely dropping all the responsibilities I had before. Only my new responsibilities, you know. And and that was a change that I was not happy with, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But now that it's getting more like normal again, and I can actually, you know, get through it all, do the trailer, do the paperwork, receive it all into the system, and just walk away and just say, hey, I'm clear. Is there anything I can, you know, anything I can do that's fun? <laughs> Not that it's not fun. It's just that you know, uh, a, you know, a change is as good as a rest. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, just it's it's interesting, but it's starting to get. Well, except for this trailer that's coming, it's starting to uh, <laughs> starting to get better. Okay. Yeah. How long will it take you to deal with this trailer? Like what? What's the start well, to end? I, well, I'm not sure exactly, but I would say three days. Okay. Of like pro, like processing all to get right. through it all because you know it just it's not just that like I can't just like take take this thing and like drop it as a block there i have to like take that block and then spread it all apart and or and then organize it all and make sure everything that's in there is supposed to be there sometimes it's easy yeah. sometimes the block is the block that is coming and i can just keep it in that shape right and just check just make sure everything is in there and it's like whoop, good mark it off but most of the time it's no no this is a thing of 40 different orders and you have to take all those orders apart and then you know, mark it down, mark who they're for, find a place to put them, and then do that on the next one. And the thing is, we've had three trailers come that have just been doors. Oh, wow. So all we've got is doors come in. So now we're going to get a trailer that's all of the, everything else for them is all coming in one trailer. So I've got to organize all that stuff. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But I'll get through it. It's fine. It's going to be a, it's going to be an overtime week next week. (laughs) And the thing is, is like, because I've been doing all this overtime and getting up at four in the morning for so for for the last three months or whatever, I'm now getting up at four in the morning just to go to the gym before I go to work. Oh wow! Okay. Because I can't go to the gym otherwise. <laughs> I have learned that once I'm laying on the couch, there is nothing. I don't even think of the house caught fire when I get off the couch. I just don't want to move, so I can't. Uh... Someone can't throw you a couple of weights when you're on the couch and. To... I mean, I guess, but that's you know, I need more than that, right? I you know. I need all the weights. I need all the machines. <laughs> I need to, all the different ones for each different day, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I've gone back to mornings. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm going to see how that works out. Cool. I just couldn't do it. I mean, I was doing a little bit, but I was basically going like three days a week because I would just go Friday because I got home off early. So I just go to the gym on the way home. Then I would go Saturday morning. Then I go Sunday morning. Then the rest of the week I wouldn't go. I'd be like, I'm going to, maybe I'll take Monday night off. But I'm going to be there Tuesday for sure. I'm going to go Tuesday. I oh Tuesday, I don't feel like it. You know what? I really need to do this other thing that's way less involves dri- me driving somewhere. Even though the drive is like nothing. I can walk there really. But yeah, it's I just, I don't know. I just can't do it. I just need that thing that I'm going somewhere. Yeah. But on the way there, I can make, make a little detour and then go on, on sure. my way. Yeah, you do what works for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Because that's how it was before. Like when I, I would do it in the afternoon, but I would... 
even if I didn't feel like going to the gym, I would make a point of driving by the gym uh, okay. on my way home. And when I was when I was driving by it, I'd look at it and go, you know what? It's right there. I might as well go. What if you looked in and you were in there already? Then That'd I would go creepy. home. I would go home. Yeah, it'd be very David. I don't need to. I'm ready. Then there. the phone would ring and you're like, don't answer it. <laughs> So don't answer it. Don't answer it. It'll be you. Don't giant, answer it. It's going to turn into a giant tongue. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Cool. I'm I'm glad, uh, speaking of gym type stuff, mm. that uh, Kit's Pool looks like it's going to be open uh, at the end of uh, July. Good. Weather permitting. Yeah. Which is always a big wink wink in the world. Okay. Um, if, it, if there's like a week of dry weather, that's enough for the cement to dry. I see. Okay. okay. And then if that happens, then they'll be able to uh, reopen it. Yeah. So you know there's going to be a, a, a cement strike. <laughs> there's going to be a cement strike. It's going to be a deluge. I'm not joking. Oh, is that? Oh, well. No, they planned it. They planned it. <laughs> sure they did. And I'm sure it's not cement. Like we were, it's something. We were talking about... Uh, oh, work look, man. This, uh, this, there's this, a gonna, concrete company. These workers are going uh, on strike. Okay, and there's going to be... A, uh, other <laughs> other guys are going on a strike in support of them. I like that companies. you're saying, like, of course you know uh, that uh, there's a cement strike. <laughs> How would I know? I, was just, I heard it at work. I just thought, well, I guess you're right. Why would you even care about it? <laughs> I really got my ear to the ground it on just the kind cement of, industry. It does kind of affect us because... You know, if they're not pouring foundations for houses, then then the houses aren't getting built, and then the garage doors aren't getting put in, and so then we're going to end up with garage doors hanging around forever while companies wait for you know blah blah blah. Yep, it happens. It indeed it does. Hopefully, by the time they're ready to pour, this thing will all be over. Look, it's going to be fine. Where is Kit's Pool, by the way? Uh, do you know where Kit's Beach is? Do you yeah. know where the Kit's Line of Showboat is? No. Okay. Well, Kit's Line of Showboat is by. Okay. Do you know where uh, Urban Well is? Yep. Okay, that's where it is. Oh, just if you kept going straight, you'd it's, walk it's, into it. That's the beach that it's that it's at. Okay. Yeah, you walk okay. out of the you I walk out of the urban well. You turn in right. Okay. Now you're going to walk half a block. Yeah. Uh, left. There, there's the pool. It's a saltwater pool. Uh, I, yes, it is. Okay. And then you, you right next to it is the Kitsilano Showboat, which is not a boat, but it's a little stage that's there. Okay. And there's uh, little shows that go on. There. I it's see. A, I see. An outdoor uh, little stage. I probably walk past it and just not regard it. It as... is a big pool, and it is a very nice pool. What's the one that's on the other side then? Clope by Sunley Park. Uh, second Second Beach Pool. Oh, Second Beach Pool. Is okay. That the one? Yeah. Okay. That's the one that uh, the there was a seal. But it had a uh, like a seal sculpture, but it had a ball on its nose. I see. And it was uh, degrading to the seal, so they removed the ball. <laughs> now I don't, I don't go in for this whole PC culture gone mad thing. <laughs> but when they deballed the seal, it was like I don't think the seal cares. <laughs> it's, just, it's a breath seal. Yeah, I don't think the seals are like you know coming on the beach and just like what the fuck is this? <laughs> and also, the seal isn't like blowing a horn. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels and it feels like that was what the sculptor wanted to do. And now you're taking away taking yeah, away their it's ball. It's like maybe the seal found, you know. If you take away their ball, maybe they should take their seal and go home. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But the seal the seal is there looking up at nothing. <laughs> probably wondering probably where why, it's uh, why it's raining out. Yeah, where it's uh poor, still, poor still raining? Still raining. Yeah. All right, I'm going to look at how long Kitsilano Pool is. It is uh, 137 meters or 450 feet. The longest saltwater swimming pool that in North is America. big. Three times the length of an Olympic pool. Yep. Wow. And its uh, waters are replenished by the changing of the tide. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, it's, I, not, it's not like that barnacle-encrusted no. nightmare that used to be on, no, on, no, along no. the seawall. That what? Okay, you're talking. Okay. 
So second, both of these pools used to be that. Oh, both okay. of these pools used to be that, and yeah. now, they are no no longer. No, no, that. they're like they, filtered. They're filtered, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, yeah. they they're civilized. They're not yeah. they're not this hint this because uh, barnacles have. <laughs> Uh, the largest penises of any uh, animal. That's right. Uh, percentage wise. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want you know to be swimming and all of a sudden, what's that? Oh, for crying <laughs> right out loud! Just tickling, I don't need this. Just tickling you with my penis. Oh no! Stop it! Get that penis away tickle, from tickle. me! Tickle. I'm just a barnacle. I'm a barnacle. <laughs> Come on! Hey, hey, look at this! Look at my penis! Hey, look at this! Uh, just but, waving my penis, saying hello. Hey, hey, how you doing? But yeah, that is long. It is. Uh, it is almost yeah, three times crazy. the length of a pool. Maybe I pool. haven't seen this pool. I think I would remember it. Yeah, no, I think you'd like it though. It's a fun. It's a fun pool to swim in. Oh, and, sounds exhausting. And like what I used to like doing was I would swim a lot at uh, Brighton Pool here. Yeah. And then I, you know, about halfway into the summer, I just go. I'm switching over to kits. Okay. And I do laps in <laughs> kits. And like by the end of the uh, end of the summer. I'm like doing laps at kits with no problem. I'm yeah. Like, this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Distance. And, and like you really go into an interesting zone because you're swimming so far. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, eh. where's where does it end? Yeah. Where's it end? Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> I'm swimming forever. I'm swimming forever. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's great. That's cool. Get to the other side. And I have to make a point of going and looking at this thing. Well, I guess we'll have to do it when it's actually uh, open. Yeah. A nice thing they've got there too is there's um, a swimming uh, sculpture uh, that's like on top of a pole that like uh, blows in the wind and the swimmer swims. Oh. And I used to. Sounds degrading. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Get rid of that thing. Yeah, they put the seal ball (laughs) on on her butt. And I was like, what's this about? Like, I don't know. Um, But during uh, Expo 86. Yeah. I used to take breaks and I would sit and I would write underneath the uh, that sculpture. Uh, and then they moved it okay. there. And so I still go there. And Thrifty. that's my favorite little writing spot, that's like cool. outdoor writing spot, where you go and I sit there. And there's just a really good energy. And you get to see the pool. You get to see, you know, people on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice vibe all the way around. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. That's cool. I was going to so say something. So come to I Vancouver, forgot. check out our pool. I'll take you there. I'll show you where it is. And there you go. You'll have a nice. You'll have a nice time. I have a very nice memory of bringing my uh, nephew to that when he was a little boy, and uh, it was very, very sweet. And he got cold, and then he just like clung, clung to me, and it was really, really sweet. Nice. Treasured memory. And the, the other nice thing about that was um, I had a thing there, and I was there with my mom and him, and there was a there was a big thing where uh, my sister said, uh, you know what, he hates hamburgers. Okay. He hates hamburgers. Who doesn't? Uh, and uh, and uh, and he and so you know I was I was getting a hamburger from a stand and I got I was going to get him something and he was like no I don't want anything I'm like okay I don't like hamburgers I'm like all right that's okay. fine so I'm eating a hamburger yeah and then he goes like can I have some hamburger I'm like yeah okay you have a bite of hamburger you have a bite of hamburger I'm like do you like that no okay eat my hamburger can I have some more yeah there you go. <laughs> Ate most of my damn hamburger. <laughs> but doesn't like it though. Couldn't admit. Couldn't admit that he liked it. Yeah. But like it's he his, was just going it was through it. He loved it. Yeah. It was his thing. Yeah. He's, that's part of his identity. It's part of his brand. Yeah. He was in the pocket of big hot dog and Here, couldn't uh, couldn't admit. Here's a weird thing. I was I was at a restaurant, actually at a pub a couple weeks ago. And um now I know that you don't like this, but I just want to point out that the waiter was a foreign gentleman. Okay. Just not from I here. I don't like foreign people. You're just right. not from here. Okay. And so I thought you were going to say that I was doing a pub quiz without you. I'm like I don't uh, like that. I no, don't like that you're no, doing I a wasn't pub doing, quiz doing without pubs. me. I was. I was not doing that either. And by the so, way, I do like uh, people from other lands. Yes. Not all the lands. 
Not that one. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Albania? It's the one um, Tom Cruise went and fought against oh. in, to- in Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. Fredonia. Yeah. So um, it kind of looked like the flag of Fredonia, right? Their, their flag on the thing. It's a make up Anyway, so, so you know, look at the menu. They've mm-hmm. got, like, they've got their beef burger, their bison burger. They have, like, different kind of lamb burger, all these kind of things right. like that. And so I went, so the waiter came over, and he's like, oh, what would you like to order? And I said, I'll have a hamburger. Because well, we don't have hamburgers. I said, the beef burger? He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't know what a hamburger was. To him, they were designated. Ah, so a hamburger okay. would be something made with pork. Ah. Not a, not, a ham, like, not a beef burger. Beef burger is different than hamburger. Right. But that was interesting. So, like, and the reason I said he was a, you know, because a person who grew up in Canada would not, they'd just be like, the beef burger, hamburger, it's all the same, right? Like, Why do you think it was called a hamburger? Is it because of Hamburg? I don't think so, because I, as far as I know, like the first hamburger was like invented in the in the states. Yeah, it was a hamburger sandwich. And yeah, it was like yeah. on toast, and it was yeah, yeah. And it was cooked. It was cooked upright. Yeah, that's in a, right. Like a little kind of grill that. Which makes it sense because then the fat would drip down and mm-hmm. it wouldn't soak the bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there used to be an ad, and it was I think it was for A one steak sauce, and uh, it was uh, they were there was someone putting steak sauce on a hamburger. Yeah, and they were like steak sauce on a hamburger, and the person's <laughs> the argument was. Hey, you know, it's called a hamburger, but it's not ham. It's steak. <laughs> so why wouldn't you put A1 sauce on sure. it? And I was like, that's a good point. Yeah. And also, why the fuck is it called a hamburger? Well, I think, uh, because, why is it called a Frankfurter? I think, is it because... Frankfurt? Because there was lots of German butchers around in those days that maybe gave these, in North America, they gave, gave rise to these names. Mm. Well, I guess we should look. <laughs> we don't, we don't have I know you don't like uh, knowledge. You like I don't, uh, speculation. I like speculation. I am a speculator, not in the not in the stock market, but a speculator in knowledge. It comes from the town of Hamburg. There's, the hamburger comes from the town of Hamburg. Yeah, the name hamburger comes from the town of sea, seaport town of Hamburg, well, Germany. Yeah, but where it is thought the 19th century sailors brought back the idea of raw shredded beef, uh, known as beef tartare. Uh, after uh, trading with the Baltic provinces of Russia, so that sure, but beef was... tartare is different than a hamburger. Yeah, but the shredded beef oh, okay. was known as hamburger. Okay, because it's of hamburg. hamburg. But and if when someone put it on between two slices of toast, it was a hamburger sandwich. But did you know that if you're from Hamburg, you would call yourself a hamburger? You would say "Ich bin ein Hamburger." Right, unless you were a thief and you're a hamburger. If you're from Frankfurt, you'd say "Ich bin ein Frankfurter." Yeah, but everyone's a wiener baby. That's the truth. <laughs> there you go. Because a Berliner is a is a type of donut. So when John F. Kennedy said "Ich bin ein Berliner" when he made his famous speech, he said, "I am a donut." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's horrible jokes I could make at this point. <laughs> <laughs> is there How about holes and things uh, okay you're talking the about similarity. the you're talking about the movie with uh yeah the, uh with shia labeouf shia labeouf, yes. shia LaBeouf and holes yeah 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 yep that's, that's uh, what about. we're doing anyway changing the subject <laughs> dave yeah uh look you used to have a podcast once upon a time called sticky dragon yeah it, wait what is this in the past sure did we just wrap it up last episode get with it baby all right yeah fair enough uh this episode is a tribute to our last episode uh but uh you used to have a podcast called sneaky dragon listening party that you did i did with um a, a person who sometimes calls us with good news uh mary uh yeah. dedrick yeah uh once again congratulations to her on that uh and uh and and you do a little uh, uh tribute to that every other episode here on uh, on our, our podcast i do you pick a theme I do. You it's pick something, and then you build, you 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 craft 
uh, a segment around it. I do. I do craft. Well, I guess I'm asking you to explain yourself, sir. <laughs> well, you know, we, we it kind of started before there's Listening Party. Listening Party kind of grew out of, I used to do top five songs mm-hmm. on Sneaky Dragon for, for a while. And then that kind of grew into uh, a weirdly grew into me making mixtapes for listeners that then later on became a sneaky dragon listening party so yeah you know it's life is a process and i'm gonna write it all night long yeah yeah Yeah. sorry sorry i jumped on the same thing yeah that's a fine just thank you a lot dana carvey and (laughs) i'm sorry sure (laughs) hi my baby i got a character called crazy mouth (laughs) listen to my crazy mouth (laughs) so uh, this this top five is called Top Five Blue Baby Songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I called it. Because it did make sense to call it Top Five Baby Blue Songs. Because it's all songs whose title has is a baby blue. Okay. And sometimes I left out part of the lyric to make it baby blue. Or part of the song title to make it <laughs> oh, baby blue. Oh, okay. We're good. So, uh... But other times, other people handily left out the song title to make it baby blue. So, hey, who am I to, to not take, up, take them up on that? All right. So it's pretty simple. These are songs with, that are about Baby Blue. And we're going to start, I guess we're going to start with the oldest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to start with the oldest. This is, uh, this is The Shadows. Okay. Of course, uh, they were Cliff Richards' backing band, The Shadows. But this is without Cliff Richards. Do you know around what year this is? This is from 1965. Okay, well, uh, there is an older uh, Baby Blue. Oh, no, no. I just mean in, my, in, in this. In your collection. Yeah, there, there is okay. one. Yeah, there's one by Gene Vincent. Understood. Very good. And there's also one by... Um, by another uh, guy who is Johnny... I, I got uh, The Echoes and I got Bob Dylan. It's all over now, Baby Blue. Yeah, and uh, Baby song, Blue yeah. uh, by, by The Echoes from 1961. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, fair enough. I just go by songs that I know. But yeah, there's also one by... Um, there's also one by... Um, gosh darn it. Why can't I remember his name now? Oh, Johnny Burnett. Okay. And his and Trio. But that one has too much of too much of a title before that's not like baby blue but it's too too it was this didn't work with my theme very good so i didn't put that one on although right. i like i like that song a lot because i love uh the uh his his lead guitar player anywho so let's listen to the shadows sure thing with the song baby blue or don't make my baby blue this uh came out in 1965 on columbia records this is a single and it was a it was a hit for them at the time let's give it a listen <laughs> She wants me to 
be looking on So jump in my baby Very, uh, it made me think of a Tarantino movie. This would be okay. maybe in the opening credits. Sure, sure. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, it's written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, or Weil. I don't know if she used, probably used the American pronunciation, Weil, uh, who are very famous Brill building songwriters. You know, they're one of those teams of the time, like Jerry Goffin and Carol King. Okay. Or other ones. <laughs> Ellie Greenwich and or uh, fill Jeff in ba- blank. Ellie Greenwich and Jeff Barry would be another example of that. Uh, but Cynthia. Unlike those other two I mentioned, uh, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil are still together. They're still married to this, oh, okay. this very, very, very moment I speak of them. And uh, they wrote like, um, probably most famous song they wrote was uh, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Oh, yeah. One of their that big, big famous. hits. But they made it lots of other, other songs. Okay. They're, you know, their job was to sit in a room and pound on a piano and come up with songs that teenagers would love. And they were, when they started, they were all teenagers or recently were teenagers. So they, they were pretty good at at getting into the mind of, of other teenagers. And um, Man and Wild worked for Don Kirshner, who, of course, would later become the musical director for the Monkees. And so he brought their their songs into the mix as well. But yeah, good song. Good Great. song. There's a version of it mm-hmm. on the Moves Shazam album that's like 11 minutes long or something like that. Like it plays the song and then it goes on to this long, extended rock and rock out uh, coda that all the most of the songs do in this, the, the second side of the album is like every there's like three songs in it because they're they're all so long, but uh, it's a great album. But I cool. can, yeah. Okay, let's go into our second song. Damn right. This is local. This is our Canadian content. A little bit of CanCon. Tic Tac Chilliwack. This is Chilliwack, uh, and this is from their I think their sixth album, Dreams, 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 that came out in 1977. This is the fourth single from that album. It was a big album for them at the time. Uh, This is Baby Blue from that album. Have you got something to tell me? Please come up and tell it to me. Please come up and tell me. Baby Blue Have you got a tear or two? Well, come on up and tell me do now You can tell it all now, Baby Blue Really, baby, don't be shy It's alright for me to talk to you
back. And that's my favorite song of all these baby blues. Is that right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and this was a song that just saturated the... Oh, yeah. we was, as, If like, you grew up in Vancouver, you oh, knew Two Chilliwack were... Yeah, yeah, you yeah. couldn't not hear this. Yeah. I'm going to tell you um, that... Uh, so, so was the singer Bill Henderson? Yeah, this is Bill Henderson singing. Bill yeah, Henderson? Yeah. Uh, I have been in a room with Bill Henderson at least 50 times. Oh, is that right? Have I ever talked to Bill Henderson? No. No. But I have been in the same room. I've yeah. been back to back with him. <laughs> I've been side to side with him. I've been ordering drinks with him. I've been in a lineup with him. Yeah. Uh, I've met his daughter sure. uh, many a time, uh, yeah. Saffron Henderson. But I have never uh, said hi to Bill Henderson because I never had anything uh, to say. But now I can say, yeah. we talked about your uh, song on our uh, podcast. And yeah. We go, What's a podcast? And I'll go, Oh, <laughs> Bill. That's right. I'm you're so old. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Bill. Well, do you know the Collectors? Do you know the, the band, the Collectors? They I were, do not. Okay, well, they were a popular band in the '60s, a popular Vancouver band in the '60s, who did pretty well. Well enough that they were signed uh, to Reprise Records and in, in, in down the states, they recorded a few singles for them. And but they were mostly like a local phenomenon. But when the singer left that group, the Collectors, then the remaining members then became Chilliwack. Oh, okay. And so they're, you know, they kind of started like basically. I think they. Collectors broke up in 1970, Chilliwack formed, and then started performing like in 1971. And they were signed to A&M. The problem for Chilliwack outside of Canada was they just never had like decent dis- distribution of their albums. So the songs were popular. They, you know, they had, they did sell in the States, but never hugely. And they really never had like, even in Canada, they didn't really have like huge success until uh, that execrable song, Gone, Gone, Gone. Right. That was like the 1980s. You know, it took them that yeah, long. Gone, like, gone, gone. You've been gone so long. Not to be confused with what you're going to do when I'm gone. They had two gone songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that was a gone show. Those were like really, and and those were really popular. And then they were also like not even written by. They weren't songs written by um, Bill Henderson. They were like by a new guy who Brian something who joined the group. It's a very different on. song than uh, Baby Blue. Like yeah. if you'd played. Uh, gone, 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 and then Baby yeah. Blue. Like these are not the same. Yeah. Band this this album also had. Uh, Fly at Night by them, you know, Fly at Night in the Morning We Land. And then uh, California Girl and one of their songs that was, uh, they're all like popular hit, especially in Vancouver, like Vancouver, of course. Right. They had uh, Arms of Mary as well. Arms of Mary. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. From this album. Yeah. That, which is, they also had Lonesome Mary, which was the came, was a single in like 73 or something like that. Oh, so okay. I also like the name Mary. So I could make my Mary mix for Mary from all the songs. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Yes. Chilliwack, named after the town of Chilliwack, which is from an Indian expression, or Indian, did I just say Indian? First Nations expression um, for like the way up there. Okay. That's what Chilliwack meant. So obviously some trader in the past asked First Nations person, you know, like, uh, what is the name of this? If like, you know, they said, oh, the way up there, Chilliwack, you know, he's like, oh, Chilliwack. Okay. That's the name of that that area. Okay. I get it. And uh, then a person came up and went, uh, had the same thing happen to me with this Canada thing. <laughs> Why? What's that mean? Village. Oh, so I asked, what's that? Yeah, it's a village. Okay, this place is called Canada, everybody. All right. Are you sure? Mm, probably. I'm not going <laughs> to double check it or nothing. Let's put it on all the maps. But I do think it's wonderful. Uh, I do think it's wonderful that our name is Village. I do think that's great. Yep. And this is perfect. Like, no, no country should aspire for being more than that. It's what it takes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our third song, everybody. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit of an obscure band. They came from Jacksonville, Florida, home of Tom Petty. But um, at this time, this has been from this is a song came out in '67, so well before 
he was a work in his thing. This is the bitter end, not mm. end, not bitter end. Okay. The bitter end. Don't ask me why it's called that. Uh, it's from 1967. This is a cover of the Bob Dylan song, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, which they shortened themselves to Baby Blue. I didn't have to do it for them. They <laughs> they left out the bracketed part of but the song. But if they hadn't, you would have. And uh, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue is one of my very favorite songs. Very favorite song. I love Bob Dylan. I, his, my, he does a live version of it from that was um, from that Royal Albert Hall, um, suppo- the supposedly... I guess it was the Royal Albert Hall, but it was supposedly Manchester, but for years. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, there's a live version of it that's just fantastic by him. I love it so much. And then um, there's a, like, I have, like, I've made a point of collecting as many versions of it as I can find. Oh, okay. Because I love that song so much. And there's so many great versions of it. I think in Listening Party, I think I did a top five Baby Blue songs. It's all over now, Baby Blue songs for, for Listening Party, if people would care to go back. They can listen to it there. Anyhow, this is a different one that's not in that mix. This is The Bitter End with It's All Over Now, Baby Blue from 1967. Let's listen to it now. You must leave now, take what you need, you think will last. But whatever you to keep, you'd better grab it fast. Young stands your orphan with his gun, crying like a fire in the sun. Look out, the saints are coming through, and it's all over now. Stepping stones behind There's something that calls for you Forget the dead you've left They will not follow you The vagabond is rapping at your door Is standing in the clothes that she once wore Strike another match Start anew And it's all over now, baby blue And it's all over now, baby blue All right. The uh, active use of the harpsichord or a harpsichord-like <laughs> instrument in that song really... Kind of a really rocking version of it. I do like the harpsichord. I like the uh, energy definitely of it, and yeah. I'm a big fan of harmonies. So yeah, yeah. that was nice. Yeah, yeah it's fu- it's a fun song, and it's weird. Like the band did, you know, they basically did like one or two singles, and then but it was recorded at Ardent Studios in Memphis, which is where like Big Star recorded. And at that time in the '60s, you know, like Memphis, of course, super famous, had Stax Records, Stax the studios there. It had High Records, it had the High Studios, really Mitchell's studios there. It had other ones, you know, it had Memphis recording, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And these were all like places for recording R&B, you know, even like if the box tops were recording at, you know, with Chips Moman producing, that was like still R&B. Deep cut, okay. Still R&B, right? All right. But 
Ardent Studios was run by this guy who loved British beat music. Like he was a big Beatles fan. He loved all that stuff. And so his studios were like the one place you could go if you lived in Memphis and you didn't really care about R&B or you thought R&B was fine, but you really were like a big fan of like of like the pop music coming out of the, coming from from uh, Great Britain. That's where you went. You went to Arden Studios and you recorded there. And so this is where they recorded the song. And the drummer for this group, Butch Trucks, later went on to be, be the drummer for all, the Allman Brothers, which I thought was kind oh, of interesting. Okay. Yeah. Who were another kind of Memphis, based in that area, Muscle Shoals kind Normally of Normally in the band, you have to be an Allman Brother. But hey. You thought that, but I no. Thought. There's just only two of them in the band. Huh. At, at most, and then well, the one passed. One less than the Hudson. The one passed away quite quite uh, early on. Oh, I'm sorry about that. It's a sad twist. Of it is a sad twist. Yeah, they're because he was only on like the their third al- or second album, third album, just part of it because he was riding a motorcycle and uh, had a bad accident. Oh damn! Yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. You know what? Nothing's going to cheer me up now unless you got some Beach Boys or something. You know what? How about a little Beach Boys? What? <laughs> with, with, with their baby blue. This is from 1979. Let's give this one a listen, everyone. This one is more kind of elegiac than the other songs. I think. Oh. Let's give it a listen. Here we go. Baby blue.
and we're back. Now, was this a hit for them? It wasn't even a single. Oh, okay. It wasn't even a single. Yeah, I'd never heard them sing it. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I was like, I, I wouldn't have known it was the Beach Boys unless you told me it was the Beach Boys. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it is the Beach Boys. It's from 1979. But what, it, well, actually, it's kind of like um, Lindsey Buckingham in Fleetwood Mac. Uh-huh. So Lindsey Buckingham would be like, you know, okay, I've done, I've written a bunch of songs for you guys. I produced all your albums. I'm going to do my own solo album now. I'm going to do my own thing. I want to, you know, just do some songs for, by myself and do my own stuff. His uh, album, Bucking Around. Bucking Around, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, so he starts working on this album. Yeah. And well, then Fleetwood Mac says. The Lindsay Hop, yeah. Then Fleetwood Mac says, we need to, uh, we need to do a new album. Lindsay, give us your songs you're working on your, the, for your album. Give us your solo songs, the best ones, so we can put them on our new album. Right. And then he's like, oh, well, they don't really fit the sound of the album. They're basically me doing solo stuff. No, that's fine. We'll just put them on our album and then it'll be great. It'll be like Tusk anyway, but you did a bunch of solo stuff on that, you big jerk. So it'll be the same. So he's like, oh, okay. So I had to give his stuff over to them. And this is the same thing. So Dennis Wilson. And what album was that? The, the, what, what album was that that he put like the, these songs on? Oh, it happened over and over again. But okay, Tango in the Night, whatever oh, you do. Um, I thought you were going to go, and that album turned out to be. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Uh, so, but this is what happened to Brian. This so what, you're going to do Casey Casey. I brought it up because this is what happened with Dennis Wilson. I understood. Okay. So Dennis Wilson was the Beach Boy brother that no one thought would become a songwriter. Because he was just a he was just a, a wild, uh, a wild and crazy guy. Just a, just a real... I don't know how you describe it. Just an ADHD drummer type of character, right? And like, he's Brian Wilson's brother. He was, yes, he's Brian and Carl's brother. Okay. Three, there were three brothers in oh, the group. See, they had three. They had three brothers, yeah. Carl, Dennis, and, and Brian. Okay, all right. And then their cousin, Mike Love. And then their next door neighbor, El Jardine. Or before El Jardine, because El Jardine actually quit the, quit the group before they started becoming popular. A different neighbor, a guy named David Marks, was in the group for a while, for about four albums or so. And then he quit in a, after having a fight with with the band's manager, who was their father, Murray mm. Wilson. Uh, well, hearing about these fights doesn't sound like the Beach Boys to me. <laughs> but okay, but anyhow, you say. So let's skip ahead many, yeah. many years to 1979. Well, 1974. The group is starting to work on... I shouldn't say 1974. Anyway, the group needs to put together an album. They've just been signed, they've just been signed to a new label. And so they're, they put together this album. And the, the the label manager comes down. This guy named Walter Yetnikoff comes down to hear it, and uh, he listens to the album. And he turns to the guy he came down to listen to it with, and he goes, "I think we've been fucked." <laughs> that was his assessment of the album. So the Beach Boys realize, "Oh, this is not going to work. We need to like overhaul this album." So they're having a lot of trouble, a lot of inner strife, really acrimonious. So they bring back a guy they fired, Bruce Johnson, because yeah. he just had a big hit with a song called "I Write the Songs." Not he did, but Barry Manilow had a big yeah. hit with this song. So they're like, "Well." Maybe Bruce kind of might know something. Maybe. But, yeah, by the way, it's always interesting that he didn't write that song. Who? Barry Manilow. Yeah, Barry Manilow did not write that song. Uh, yeah, didn't Bruce. write I Write the Songs. Though he does write a lot of songs. He does write a lot of songs. But not that song. But not that song. That's right. Didn't write Mandy either. That's, That's right. also a cover. I write the songs, but not this particular Everyone. song. I write some songs I'm talking about. Other songs. <laughs> I don't write this song. I didn't write this song. <laughs> I write the music and other songs. Go ahead. Yeah, that's 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 one of the hilarious parts of uh, the. I think I talked about that movie about uh, um, what was his name, Carl uh, something Davis, not Miles. 
not Miles Davis. No, no, this this guy was um, he was uh, like a record ex- record exec. And he's one of those record execs where in the thing they're talking about, like I just loved all the music. For me, it was all about the music. I was what I was there for. Uh-huh. I started as an accountant uh-huh. working for this record company, and you know rose up through the through the middle management sure, to become sure, like sure. a label head. But it was all about the music. That's what it all about was about for me, you know. And I would say to Barry Manilow when I signed Barry Manilow to Arista Records, I said, "You need a hit." I know you write your own songs, but they're not good enough to be hits. I'm going to give you a hit. This song, Mandy, it's going to be a hit. You write, sing this song, you're going to have a huge hit. And he had a hit. And I said, okay, you had a hit. I know you want to write your own music now, but no, you need another hit. So I'm going to give you this song. I write the songs. This is going to be a hit. It's going to be a hit song. I just love this. It's like, it's all about the music. No, it's not about the music. It's about all about the success of the music. It's all yeah. about, you know, these bands being successful, not that you're that you're some kind of like saint who like sign people, you know, like, like uh, now, uh, what song have you got for me? I am stuck on band-aids. <laughs> you know what? I think I can sell this to band-aids <laughs> and, uh, you deserve a break today. I got an idea. I got an idea. <laughs> Let me just go get a hamburger. I'm going to think on this and see if I can find a home for it. I love that. Uh, Barry Manilow used to, uh, sing his the medley. His yeah. The medley of, of all the, and people are like, woo, band-aid. <laughs> anyway so um so so uh this all is, like i say a lot of like and they need they needed songs they needed like yeah. good songs so they took songs that dennis was recording for his own solo album as a follow-up to his because okay. he'd done one solo album called pacific ocean blue which is pretty good and then he was doing another one called bamboo and it never got released partly because of other issues dennis wilson had a lot of a lot of issues and uh but they took this song off of his solo album, and they put it onto their their own album. Okay, along with the uh, disco version of "Here Comes the Night," uh, a cover of their own song mm. from from uh, uh, for for um, Wild Honey. But anyway, so that's how it came about. Very good. It's, that's a, but that's it's a good story. It's both Dennis and, and Carl singing. Dennis is the kind of the the more kind of hoarse voiced guy, and then Carl's doing the the background singing. So uh, the Beach Boys are coming to uh, the PNE, which is uh, just down the. It's block. not the Beach Boys. Okay. No. But they're uh, coming to the peony, and yeah. they're going. To, they're just going to be down the block. So I will be able to hear the Beach Boys sure. from my balcony. Yeah, yeah. If I decide to walk down to the peony mm-hmm. and I yell out, "Hey, do baby blue," <laughs> uh, how do you think that's going to go? They're over? not going to know what you're talking about. All right. I mean, pro- you know what? Probably the musicians who are backing up the the non-Nigerian members of the Beach Boys. Okay. They will probably know Baby Blue. They'd be like, "Oh man, I'd love to be able to play Baby Blue." You know, like they'd love to do the deep cut cuts, you know, because they're pretty much tired of doing I get around and uh, fun, fun, fun. Oh, geez, that is what they're going to Catch do, a wave. Right? Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. All, that's all they're going to be doing, right? And those are all great Montego. songs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kokomo is not a great song. But yeah. those old, nope. those, those great Beach Boy songs are great. They're great songs. But, but when they play Kokomo, everyone looks at each other and goes, I mean, they got it, right? They got, I mean, they got, they got it. it. This is all yeah. they have. This is what they got to hang their hat on. Yeah. And but then if it's you, like, is that John Stamos? I don't know. It might be. But if you listen to the rest of that album, and I'm the, I don't like Kokomo that much either, but if you listen to the rest of that album, it is one giant stinking turd. Mm. And I'm not joking. LA, this is from LA, al- LA Light Album, is it called? LA Bracket Light Album, and Bracket. Yeah. But it is... So I should stand by the that stage album and go, is... my friend David doesn't care for this album. <laughs> the, that, that album is a masterpiece compared to uh, c- compared to that the, whatever it's called, right. Keeping the Summer Very Alive. Good. So I will called. not... I will not request. Do not request that I play okay, anything. Very right good. Now. Okay, let's do our final one. Okay. This is our final song, everybody. This is 
uh, we know this song. Everyone knows this song. Yep. Because it's one of those weird songs that made a comeback because it was in a popular thing. Oh, I don't know what it was in. What was it in? This was the final song played in at the final episode of Breaking Bad. Oh. When uh, What's-His-Face is laying on the floor dying, this song plays. Okay, because when I heard it, I went like, oh, this sounds like something James Gunn would use in one of his films. Because the first one was like, that's a, that's a Tarantino film. Yeah. Uh, this is a James Gunn film, for sure. Sure, 71 song. Okay, so this is from, this is Badfinger, obviously. We kind of gave it away by saying it was the final episode of sure. Breaking Bad. Uh, song Baby Blue from their album Straight Up from 1971. Let's give it a listen. Breaking Badfinger.
And we're back. We heard it. We liked it. It's a great song. It's a beautiful song. I'm not going to go into the tragic story of, of Badfinger because it's super depressing. But uh, let's talk a little bit about this album because I think sure. it's kind of funny. One of the, my favorite story about this album is it was part part of it was produced by George Harrison, which was very nice of George. George was a kind of a hands-on guy around Apple, but but um, the problem was is the Beatles pretty much had unlimited studio time. They didn't have to pay for it. I mean, they did pay for it, but it came out of like the massive amounts of money they earned, you know. So they they didn't feel it. They didn't feel it. Badfinger were not the same. They're like you know just kind of doing okay, you know, not selling tons this this song was pretty popular like it was like number 14 in the u.s but it was never released as a single in the uk because apple and apple was such a mess but anyway uh so george comes in and he's gonna he's going to uh produce them and he he produced day by day which is another we played that song Mm -hmm. a little while ago and when we did our uh apple singles but but like he spent like a couple of hours trying to like get the exact right tone for the slide part he wanted to add to the song which was fine if you're a Beatle to spend, you know, a couple hours, six hours, whatever, working away to perfect this, this particular sound. But if you're Badfinger, who are paying for your studio time, who are just watching like the clock tick by, like, they're like, you know, like, George, we could be doing like four songs in the time you're taking to do this, get this one sound. And then, to add insult to injury, George, something came up. I think Concert of Bangladesh came up. And so George, okay. George split. And so Todd Rundgren took over the production oh, of the album right. after him. And so this song is actually produced by Todd Rundgren, this song. Neat. And I'm a big Todd Rundgren fan. I understand. But anyway. Okay. That's the top five, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the song. And don't be blue babies. Be baby blues. <laughs> Last week, we asked no questions of you. And yet you still wrote us. <laughs> it's crazy. Don't you get how this works? <laughs> we ask you things, then you write. And then I read them. And then Dave reads other ones. But like when we don't ask you things... We, uh, Anyway, you asked us a bunch of questions, and uh, and our friend uh, Regis uh, won uh, a valuable prize uh, from uh, being randomly drawn from uh, you know an article of clothing. Anyway, so that means he wrote us. So <laughs> here we go. I'm gonna start reading these letters that uh, shouldn't exist. That's all I'm saying. I appreciate that you took the time to write them, but should you have? I mean, really? Maybe call your parents? No, maybe, I I appreciate that. You maybe a plant a tree? Don't listen to Mr. Sarapus over here. Okay. Regis says, I won. Really? I dreamed that I had seen in a, a filled voucher with my mom around age 10 to win a trip to Disneyland. And that's much, much better. That is much better. Winning a trip to Disneyland is much better than winning our grand prize. Disagree. No uh, creepy uh, cats and foxes walking around uh, grabbing children. Uh, I want to thank children all the that. people who supported me. Uh, my cat, my coach, my bank agent, myself, my chair, and all the listeners. Should I punch somebody? I'm fairly new to those award ceremonies, but that seems a thing to do. Can't wait for that big fat check. Don't be sneaky or sticky. And thanks uh, for Ian and Dave to be themselves and put uh, their economic life at risk to fulfill another's dreams. Just call Jonathan. Uh, He and the other winners are are reserving me a spot on that wonderful private beach. I'm joking. The check doesn't need to be that big. But that's cool. And we learned a lot of useful things. Bye! (laughs) That was Regis. Thank you, Regis. High on victory. Congratulations again. Yep. 
Uh, our friend Louise writes and says, Felicitations, Regis. Uh, <laughs> Dave and Ian could have saved beaucoup d'argent by impartially drawing the name of a grand prize winner, which did not require them to spring for international postage. But they have too much integrity for that. Uh, say, there was no question of the week. So I have one. That's not how it works, Louise. Well, this is, no, this is fine. People have suggested them in the past. I know, but then we can't write them off on our taxes if other people come up with them. Uh, it combines, the question combines, a dollop of trollop with a dash of Austin. Tatious. Ostentatious, yeah. Uh, last week, I listened to an audiobook of Lady Anna and quite enjoyed it. Mm. Dave, if you've read it, did it remind you thematically of Persuasion? Sub-question. I know you don't watch trailers, but there's one out there for a new adaptation of Persuasion with Dakota Johnson as Anne. It looks like they've Bridgertonized it Ooh. and definitely fleabagged it. <laughs> I'm sounding that in there. I, I don't mind really? very loose. What's that? Really? They flee bagged it as well? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Phoebe. Uh, what's her name? Isn't it? Uh, oh, Phoebe Waller Bridges wrote it. Yeah, or did the adaptation? Well, she's the. Isn't she the lead in it? Am I? Am Dakota I... Johnson is the lead in it. Okay. Well, who am I thinking of? What's the uh, What's the one that Phoebe uh, Bridges is in? I got to look it up. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll okay. know. Uh, I don't mind very loose adaptations of Austin as long as the underlying message is the same. I thought Fire Island, which is a new homage to Pride and Prejudice, set in the LGTBQ community, showed how universal that plot is. Mm. What is the worst movie adaptation of a book or graphic novel you have ever seen? Okay, I'll just answer that one because I don't know the rest. Uh, The Spirit. The Spirit, (laughs) uh, directed by Frank Miller, is the worst adaptation of any graphic novel. And, and, and you might be going, what? Didn't you see Vampirella with Roger Daltrey? Yes, I did. But I also saw the spirit and it was worse. <laughs> and David, please answer the other questions while I look up, uh, this other. Thing. Okay, sure. Um, yes, I have read Lady Anna, of course, because I have read all of Trollope from beginning to end. Although I had to, uh, put to, um, stop my Trollopathon a while ago. So I have not reread them all. So I have not reread Lady Anna, so it's been a while since I read it. Is it like Persuasion? I would... Oh, first, my thoughts about it is that it's Please. okay. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Trollope when he writes about, he writes in the voice of the lower classes, quote-unquote. I don't mean that in... You know, just talking about that in terms of the context of the times. Anyway, um, yeah, I just... It's it, like his metier, his like where he really... Like his like his wheelhouse is... Uh, sort of middle class, upper middle class British people, uh, you know, their lives, their loves, their interests, their concerns. That's, that's just where he like, that's what he knew. That's where he lived and where, what he, and in his own so empathic and observant way makes so real and so real. But I find when he writes like about, when he kind of writes about people who are from a different class, it kind of, he kind of changes his writing style and it becomes kind of more cartoonish or caricature-ish. And it doesn't feel as alive to me. It doesn't feel as 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 lived in. As, you know, like it doesn't like I don't know. And and is it like persuasion? Well, I guess. But persuasion is uh, sort of like it because you know we have the the main character who Anne, I guess, who is talked out of you know marrying someone who seems unsuitable. But it's not unsuitable in class. It's just unsuitable in in support. Because of course, in that time, you needed money to live, and if you didn't have money, you were doomed. And if you were a member of the uh, the upper middle class or the the upper class, 
you know, you weren't you weren't allowed to work to support yourself. By the way, I was except wrong. for a su- certain jobs. I was wrong, yeah, of course, yeah. Dakota Johnson, but she seemed to be doing a flea bag thing, and I got oh, confused. Okay. okay, okay, please continue. Sure. I've had a uh, concussion. Okay, continue. <laughs> and so, um, but in but in Lady Anna, her marriage is beneath her. Her marriage is literally beneath her. She's not marrying someone who is unsuitable in terms of their e- economic state. She's marrying someone who is unsuitable in terms of their birth. Right. They're from a lo- they're from a lower a, their low birth and it but it is a challenging topic and i think something that obviously at the time those sort of things were starting to break down and trollope is looking at that i just don't know if it's in you know it's you know i'm glad you enjoyed it though it's just not my favorite uh trollope um from that later period you have to read dr wordle's school that's 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 a real knockout i love that book but um yeah it's interesting like because they, they at the end of the book spoilers the characters move the the characters are allowed to marry each other um, but they ha- they moved to Australia to get away from from England's uh, class structure to a place that's more open and free. And also at that time, uh, Trollope's son had moved to Australia, and he had visited Australia, so he was all about Australia. He wrote a couple of books that used Australia as a as a as a well, at least one. Harry Heathcote Harry Heathcote of Gangoyle is a is an Australian based novel by him, and pretty good too. But once again, writing about his class. Because even though this guy's a sheep farmer in Australia, he is a person who came from, uh, like Trollope's son, came from a, cl- a certain class to forge a new life in a different place. But anywho, cool. There's our dollop of Trollope, everyone. Well done. And by the way, worst adaptation for me of a graphic novel or novel or a book is a Total Recall. Which one? The the original one, the Ronald Schwarzenegger one. Okay. How about the Colin uh, Farrell one? It's the same thing. It's just a well, it's actually more. I actually like that one better because it's more. It's more um, layered than than the Total Recall one because the original story by Philip K. Dick is a case of like memory replacing memory replacing memory. It's like a constantly going down in this this memory rabbit hole in the in the original story until you get to the final the kicker at the end of the short story. Total Recall is just a dum dum story for dum dums with a woman with three breasts. Yeah, they had that in both of them. Listen, <laughs> you had to four. You got to give her four breasts in the uh, in the remake. Yeah, yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, or just one big one, and then it uh, has like a it has like the voice of Frank Oz. Yeah, and I go, when I saw it, I said I said Total Recall, more like Total Recoil. Thank you. Nice. Uh, Regis returns and says, <gasps> "Hi, merci beaucoup." Speaking French in the boys, Frenchy is quite perturbing as he speaks French with the accent French have when they speak English, and nothing like a Marseille. Hmm. For Devonian, uh, they can wire transfer the money. Uh, <laughs> no, really, uh, as they're coming to France in a not-so-far future, yeah. they can endorse the postman role and maybe save some money, but mainly do me a great favor, even empty-handed. So Canada is dry, even in winter. No, it's much drier in the winter. Yeah. It's very dry. It depends where you are, of course. Yeah, yeah. It does it's, get slushy at here, sometimes. Here, it's... Just wet all the time, but if yeah. you're like Calgary or places like that, so dry, so very very. It's dry. a thing where like uh, skin crackingly dry, skin crack like you, yeah. You step off the plane and your skin just cracks, your lips just crack, and then you're in like a hotel room if you're me staying in a hotel, and then you like I'm gonna f- I'm gonna do the thing where I'm gonna move a blanket, and you move the blanket on the bed, and it's like a lightning storm underneath the blanket, <laughs> just like all this crack 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 crack. It's like a Jerry Bruckheimer or Meyer film or starting. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Meyer? Bruckenheimer? Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Take care. Uh, And as the greatest French movie stated in its title, calm down and drink fresh. 
There you go. That's the greatest French movie? Yeah. I have to find out what that is. All right. And it's the greatest Canadian movie stated, uh, The Wrong Guy. I'm just saying it's a fun movie. Go see The Wrong Guy. Uh, or you don't have to go see it. You can just watch it on streaming. Watch it on streaming. Uh, Liam writes, congratulations, Regis. Blank check. I do recommend listening from the beginning. I never uh, thought a movie podcast could be funnier than Flophouse. What about Fast Planners? Oh. Put you on the spot. Awkward. I hear their next uh, <laughs> miniseries is going to be about the films of Bob Fosse, which I have no experience oh, with. Oh, yeah. Star 80? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenny? You know what? I'm going to tell you something, Dave. Um, Cabaret? I'm going to tell you something for free. Yeah. Uh, and that is this. That I, I I am still considering making um, a, a a mashup um, a little uh, show okay. called uh, uh, about Roy Scheidner. Yeah, uh, called all that Jaws, where we get to, we get okay. to, as Bob Fosse basically goes hunting the shark. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Pretty good. Yeah. It's that or Raiders of the Lost Shark. We'll see how <laughs> that goes. That would be more of a Spielberg thing. <laughs> okay. Thanks for answering my questions. I love the show so much. We love you too, Liam. Thank you so much. Thank you, Liam. Edward Dragansky writes in his letter is the last Edward Dragansky letter, just like Edward Dragansky letters always used to be. Way to go, Regis. Now we can put those Bampton conspiracies to rest. <laughs> or so you think. So you think, yes. I'm just happy I won something, too. My address is on its way. Oh, thank you. I think you guys could do an entire podcast on toys alone, probably. Uh, <laughs> that part with the episode was the best. Uh, I think I had all the same toys you guys mentioned. Hot Wheels track. Good for whacking your brothers and sisters. Uh, Mascatron. I'm saying that. Uh, Mascatron, the shooting gallery, and the Fisher-Price movie player. Okay, well, mine was the Kenner one, but I do know the Fisher Price one. I had the one. Fisher Price one. And the Fisher Price one was great. It had a good Spider Man one. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that I liked a lot. It did have Mickey and the Beanstalk. I had the Fisher Price one. I had, it was a handheld one that you look through. Yeah. That's right. I'm very familiar with like that. Like you're one. an old fashioned uh, silent film cameraman. Much easier to find that one than it is to find the Kenner one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's not 70 bucks. Yeah, I think also uh, the handheld one doesn't have a uh, light bulb in it. So, you know, no, no, you don't, yeah, you yeah. just use the light, you use sunlight, just, you just yeah. aim it at the light, yeah. Whereas yeah. the Kenner one actually projected, and so you know, that busts like, and then find a replacement, you can't. The end, <laughs> I had the handheld one as well, and took the same cartridges as the screen player. And I remember having uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk too. Mm, I think that one good. came with the player, it was a study in animation at an introductory level, like Dave said. <laughs> one of my close friends had the Hugo puppet, Man of a Thousand Faces. Uh, who was kind of creepy, but he liked it because <laughs> he took uh, an interest in stage makeup and theater later. And also, Hugo looked like a couple of people I knew. That was also weird. Telly Savalas? No, no, no. I don't think he looks like Telly Savalas. I had the Viewmaster uh, handheld uh, toy. Really fun. Uh, especially since whoever photographed those slides staged uh, these almost realistic 3D characters of the photos. They're really, they're really beautiful photos. Oh, they're like, even the travel travel ones, like the Grand Canyon one, is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really, uh, I especially like the Peanuts ones and the Flintstones ones. Mm-hmm. They were just like sculptures. Yeah. G.I. Joe uh, doing shit underwater. I thought it was like G.I. Joe taking a shit <laughs> underwater. G.I. <laughs> Joe, he has to go somewhere. <laughs> he feels a little uncomfortable, yeah. so he does it where you can't see. That's right. And pooing is half the battle. That's right. 
with his kung fu grip. Uh, he uses the paper. Um, and in the snow, except the, the Peanuts and Looney Tunes view master slides had those 3D characters that didn't look animated, but sculpted and real. Do you remember those? I just discussed them. <laughs> but yeah, also uh, Flintstones. <laughs> Uh, the thing I did with the Viewmaster projector was to project the images onto a piece of paper taped on a wall and uh, drew over... Okay, something got dropped upstairs. Hopefully everyone's still alive. And draw over the images in order to learn how to draw that stuff. Mm. It was kind of like having an artograph years before I used one in college. Did you have that thing where uh, it was like a KTEL thing where you put the pencil in one side and then the other one you just trace something and you could make it bigger or smaller, but it looked like you had uh, Charles M. Schultz's uh, later work, uh, that kind of shaky hand? Didn't quite work. but uh, I could never make it work at all. Like I didn't get anything out of it. We got a little bit of something, but boy, how do you got to... I drew another blob. Yeah. You were thinking I'd be in disagreement with you over your Fantastic Four casting thoughts, but I completely agree. Unknowns. And do not bring Doom into the story right away. Jesus. The Fantastic <laughs> Four have a million other villains they could bring on before Doom. Imagine the possibilities and just think how badass Annihilus would look. Yes. He's full of bugs. Um, I also think mm. Idris Alba Idris Alba would make a terrific 007. He has everything needed, uh, maybe getting a bit older than the others when they started, but he looks better as he ages anyway. Eh, Hollywood. Great 550th show, guys. I'll wait until the night before the 650th show to send in the next batch of questions. Da, da, da. Nice. So in the land of email, what's going down? We, we had a couple of emails. One was a sad email. Oh, I'm sorry. Because it makes me look bad. Oh, I, okay. I like it. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, we got an email from Nettie. Oh, right. By the way, this show is going out to Nettie. This is a Nettie tribute show. Uh, <laughs> this show is all dedicated to Nettie. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so Nettie wrote to say, I think you missed me? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I listened, but I didn't hear it. And then I, and when she wrote... Then it showed her email that she wrote to us. Yeah. Which I did see, but... You don't care for Nettie, right? <laughs> I love Nettie. Like, I... you've always, like, told me, you've just, like, you know, no, one, two true. things I don't like. One, mm-hmm. cats. Yep. Two, Nettie. You've said that, right? True, but thank you for throwing, yeah, throwing and, me in. Yeah. Thank you for throwing me to the sharks. Uh, but Nettie. you love sharks. You love sharks. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It is. Go ahead. I've, I have visited Nettie. Nettie and Craig. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Yeah. Uh, and I feel really bad about this because the weird thing is, is I don't know what happened. Nettie's email disappeared in my my email list, like my my, and it only showed up again when she wrote, and then it was attached to her. Oh, okay. That like it made a chain of so emails. So what, what was Nettie's question? So let's let's talk about her questions, I guess. All right, and by the way, uh, we'll send you some stuff. So you know, do I we said, have do we have her uh, address from sure, previous things? Sure. I said I'd make it up. Make it up to her. All right, we're going to make it up. Okay, here we go. Uh, This is what Nettie said. She said, for both of you to answer. All right. What was the worst trouble you got into as a kid? Do you want me to start? Uh, Go for it. All right. So I'm going to tell you two stories. One is a time that I should have got in a huge amount of trouble and I didn't. And the other is a time I got into a huge amount of trouble and I have no fucking idea why. Mm, Oh, okay. All right. So when I was, this is when I, I was quite young. This is probably when I was in grade four. Grade four or grade five. We lived in, in Coquitlam at this time. So this was before we moved. And we had an apple tree in the backyard. And one day my brother was leaning out of his bedroom window and he was kind of nyanying me for whatever reason. And so I thought it would be funny to throw an apple at him. And so I just threw an apple at him and I missed him and went into his bedroom. 
And so he ran and got it, and he threw it back down at me. And I picked it up and threw it at him. And before he knew it, a thousand apples were thrown at him. They smashed into the window. They smashed the wall around his wind. They went into his bedroom and hit the back wall and left apple stains on the wall and, and apple core and bits of apple all over the floor of his bedroom. And this lasted for about five hilarious minutes of just total mayhem of us, A, destroying all the apples in the apple tree, which my mom probably would have made into, into desserts. Uh, absolutely destroying the back wall of his room with, or leaving, not destroying it, but just messing it up with all the sticky apple juice going, and apple bits on the floor around his window and on his window, just covered in apple stuff. And when the exhilaration died down and we realized with horror what we had done, there's only one thing to do. Clean it up? No. Just leave. <laughs> yeah. We just left. Yeah, that was the kid thing. Run! <laughs> we just yeah, we run. just left. And our parents were at home. Yeah. So we just left the house open, empty of all occupants, and we just fled. And we were gone for the rest of the day. And we didn't come home until night. Uh-huh. And we knew we were in trouble. Right. But just not being there, we could avoid it as long as possible. Because my mom was a pretty handy wielder of the old paint stick, and no one wants that. So we got home, just total dread. It was dark. We knew we were in trouble. We knew what a disaster. Nothing was said. Not a word was spoken about this. Like, it was as if it never happened. They cleaned the wall. They vacuumed the floor. They cleaned the windows. And nothing was said. It was so weird. Okay, jump ahead a little bit. My mom and dad go to Hawaii. My friends and I decide it'll be a fantastic idea for us to collect all the pine cones in the neighborhood. And there were a lot because we had a lot of big tall trees. It was, it was it, We were basically living in a cedar forest that had been cut down. We'd been logged. And there's a few more trees that were still left standing. Mm-hmm. And so we had all these cones that would fall. And, you know, and so we collected all of, as many as we could, we collected all of them. And it was a lot. It was a big, it was a big project. We brought them to my backyard and we dumped them into the onto the ground. And we're gonna have this huge pine cone fight. Except my grandma totally lost her shit on us. She was so mad, and I have no idea why. And then my mom and dad came back, and they were as mad. They were mad after it was all over with. We had got rid of all the cones. We got, you know, guys. We threw them in the compost bin. Maybe my dad was happy about that. But it was so weird. Like, why did we destroy the house with an apple fight? Did nothing happen? Yeah. But we just brought pine cones to have like a fun throwing around pine cone fight. And it was like we had murdered a person in the backyard and, and left them staked there. It was just so weird. But anyway, that's the worst trouble I got into as a kid. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, two, th- two things. One is uh, the most embarrassing day of my life, which is, uh, which is like uh, uh, I, I, as, a, as a young man, okay. uh, I found my dad's dirty movie stash. Oh. And so... Uh, I would occasionally uh, borrow one, and uh, and then uh, one day he had a little note in there saying, "Stop taking these." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's chilling." Uh, and uh, I didn't stop taking them, okay, um, because I did for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, but then I was like, but the oh, siren call was but too the much. siren call of like I've got hormones. <laughs> There's more embarrassing things about that. But anyway, uh, but then, so, you know, one day I come home and my dad's in the basement and he's like, get in here. 
and uh, and uh, had a talk with me okay. about just like I tried to do this the easy way. Yeah, but you know, you you know, and it was just like that. He knew that I did this. Was this like it was mortifying? The, it was the most mortifying thing. Like yeah. you just like if I could have just like and snap my own neck. <laughs> like there we go. Like if I had a sign yeah, and yeah. kill, yeah. the end. That would have just been like crack. And that was a good. That was a good thing. Yeah. Uh, there we go. That was the the worst. It was the worst. The worst, the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. So there's that. It's worse that... And it was also worse because then I went upstairs and uh, my mom was there. And I was like, well, she knows. Yeah. But yeah. she's saying nothing. No. So it's <laughs> like that as well. And it's just like, oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Like the worst. Like I just, I didn't want to have dinner that night with them. Like it was just the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the worst. So that seems so... I the don't know. worst. Seems so unfair. It's like how... What point in being an adult do you forget that you're once a kid, or you forget that you were a teenager who also masturbated to whatever you could find? Pictures of Lily, let's say, but that the Who song where he masturbated to pictures of lily ponds. Okay, good. Thanks so, for sorry, specifying. Yeah, be... Thanks for specifying. <laughs> I just realized what are we talking about? This. I'm going through I everyone I know with that name in my in a head, and I'm going. <laughs> I hope you mean Munster. <laughs> It's a song by Pete Townsend about about masturbation. Okay, good. That's great. But there's some point in your. It's this weird, like when you're an adult, like who is he, who? What is he protecting you from? Like, what's the problem, right? No, no, he was. I think just mad that I was getting into his stuff, and you know. But it's, that's what it's there for. That's what. That's the problem with dads. I mean, my dad was the same way. Like, but to me, that is a that is the problem with dads because dad's stuff is there for you to get into. And I will say this as well. Yeah, my dad's magazine of choice mm-hmm. was Gallery Magazine. Okay. Okay. So it's one of these magazines that's like, uh, you know, it's got like pictures that people send in of you know whatever. Uh, people that they know and they're, they're things, but also oh, yeah. then like you know, uh, will we win the war in Vietnam? Like it's just like yeah, these yeah, articles yeah. are just like yeah. you know, you know the, the advancements in computing. They were like and this is all like bullshit articles. That yeah, yeah. So I'd like try to sneak the magazine out of like the stack and then put it exactly right back oh. and whatever. Yeah, do all this kind of stuff. The neighbor that I was talking to you about earlier sure. was just talking about like when he was working. I think in New York, he was working for that magazine. Oh, and I, I wanted to go. Oh, that was my dad's magazine. I've got a very painful memory about that, of this whole situation. But I, I didn't bring that up because there was too much going on in mm. that thing. But here was the other one that's like uh, most trouble. Probably was uh, I used to work in a comic book store, mm. and uh, the rule was the rule was yeah the customers can't use the bathroom. Okay, the customers can't use the bathroom. They sure. can't. Okay, no. So kids, there's a regular customer. Yeah, he's like man. I really need to use the bathroom. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, oh, you can't. You can't use the bathroom. And I could tell this kid, this was not an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is happening one way or the other. Sure. I'm just like, okay, but go and just like, you know, cover up, you know. So he goes into the into the back room uh, and uh, uses the washroom and then comes out, looks really guilty, goes, thanks, and like leaves. Mm. Okay. So that's fine. So yeah. I think all is well and good yeah. with that. Uh, and then like, I'm, 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 I'm fixing things up later on and I'm shutting everything down and I look in the other room and I step into the room and it's got carpet and the carpet's wet. Oh, the carpet's wet because he took an enormous dump <laughs> and stuffed it with, with toilet paper oh. and it just was not moving. And then it flooded everything. Oh. And, uh, I, <laughs> cause I, went, I don't know how to fix this. And I just left. And then I got a call from the uh, from the owner. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? 
<laughs> and I said to him, oh, it wasn't me. <laughs> so mad. Rightfully so. Now, right. before you look askance at me, yeah. later he uh, was trying to start a cult. <laughs> so uh, he was a piece of shit. So it worked out, uh, worked out okay. He deserved a soaky, shitty floor. Okay. All right. Next question. Did you ever make up a neighborhood club with your friends when you were a child? If so, how old were you? What was the club? Did it have a name? A clubhouse? Yeah. We um, we we started a club that was also a band. Mm. Uh, uh, we were uh, seven. Okay. Uh, and uh, we didn't have any instruments. Mm. So uh, so we had a drum, which was a box that we had with sticks. Yeah. So we, we were all singers except for the drummer. Huh. And we called ourselves uh, Saturday Night Special. Oh, and we name. were like, we were a touring band mm-hmm. and we were going to tour around the neighborhood. Yeah. So we took the box, <laughs> various places in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then the kids would like gather around and go, can we join the band? I was like, well, you can't join the band because we're only, and they please. I'm like, okay. So the band just became enormous. <laughs> and we were an enormous band. And I was trying to make it like we were writing our own music. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it didn't work out. But no. Yeah. We were no. uh, Saturday night, uh, Saturday night special. That's a good name. Yeah, pretty good I, for a seven-year-old. I was never, I never, never a member of a club. Okay. Uh, I guess, I guess I follow the Marxist dictum that any club that would have me as a member, I don't want to be a, a member of. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just. I mean, have we played together say, as kids? Let, let me but, say this about uh, Groucho Marx in that situation. All right. He's already a member of a club. He's a member of the Marx Brothers. That's but a, he was that's born a family. In, I know, but it's also a club. So why? What? What group could you be part of that would be better than the Marx Brothers? So of course he doesn't want to be part of like you know I'm a member of the Marx Brothers and the Shriners. Who cares? <laughs> the only thing that would matter is the Marx Brothers. You're part of the best thing ever. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's another childhood question. This is um, was, this is a uh, hide and go seek, tag or dodgeball. Which was your favorite? A tag. I liked freeze tag. Mm, that was like great. Good. Where you had to freeze, and they had to go through the person's legs to unfreeze the uh, the other person. Uh, gave uh, that gave you uh, an opportunity to save other people. Yeah, which I liked. Um, so when I was a little kid, uh, Kick the Can was a was a big favorite. So you, did you play Kick the Can? No. So Kick the Can is con- it's um it's a hide and seek game where when the person finds the other people hiding, they um kind of gather around this well first you kick the can that gives that's the time the time it takes a person to grab the can and go back and set it up in a in a, in a agreed upon spot then everyone else should have hidden in that by that time and then you have to find the people and then as they gather one person can free them though if they can run, six, successfully run up and kick the can before oh, they're all right. before like they're that, caught by the that person. element i like a lot so it's kind of a fun game and if often if you were it then you were it for the evening that was the only problem with it but other then it was fine it was a lot of fun but when i when we grew up my brothers and i i've talked about before we loved to play house tag which is we would play tag using houses being built partially in partially built state behind us because there was a huge swath of land about i don't know but it was big anyway um that was being built upon ours was you know the first sort of development that went in and then over time, they developed up towards the pool that was near us. And so as the houses were being built, we would use them as a giant, uh, basically as a giant gym, like a jungle gym, to play tag tag in. Oh, okay. And so we would swing around and jump through windows and climb along the, the roof trusses and jump down into the... Where this, it was crazy. 
the, the skill level that grew over time was amazing because we probably did it for about four years, like through all of junior high school and cool. even into a little bit into uh, senior high school before we got too cool for that sort of stuff. But it was a lot of fun. So that was that was the tag that we played. By the way, uh, that just reminded me of like how kids never like to be uh, it in, uh, in, in in games, and it just <laughs> reminded me of like uh, my fan fiction for um, it, like the Stephen King. Okay, book. okay. Because when I was I was hearing about you know the book, I was thinking, oh, I know what the deal is with this because Stephen King uh, is always like about bullying and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, it must be that the monster that's in the sewer was once a kid who was always bullied and made to do the stuff that no one else wanted to do. Uh, and because it, in all the games, they would always make him it. So he was it to the point where like, that's all he knew himself as was it. And then like, you know, he's killing the other kids uh, because he was so bullied, but he's doing it in like really childish ways. So it's like, Oh, he's a clown. Okay. So it's this, it's all things that a kid would do, but like this kid used to be the kid who like, you know, it like, lost all of sense of identity and was just, He's it. Yeah. Yeah. You're it. You're it. Always. And no one wants to be it. Yeah, you have to be. You're the smallest. You're it. And so, yeah, he never got to have the fun and uh, lost his mind started killing kids. As one does. Yep. Okay. Was next. that was that nope. it for ne- Nettie's? Ne- uh... Nope. More questions. What? More questions. What more questions? From Nettie. Okay. Um, what's your favorite way to eat potatoes? Uh, probably favorite way to eat potatoes. Uh, jacket potatoes, like a baked potato. Baked potato? Yeah. Nice baked potato. Uh yeah, the little uh, maybe sour cream and some buttered chives. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, twice baked, uh, ideally. Maybe maybe some cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, a twice baked. Uh, the keg has a good uh, twice baked potato. Okay. I just like it baked potato, but uh, pretty much it's probably easier to ask me what way I don't like potatoes. Okay. Because I like potatoes. Rectally. And always. Oh, by the way, do you want a free bag of potatoes? Do I? Like, do you have one yeah. with you? I have a 10 pound bag of potatoes you can have. Oh, yes. Okay. Remind me and I'll get it for you. All right. Very good. Um. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll just take sidebar. Okay. PEI. Yeah. Had their potato crop. They had a whole bunch they're going to sell to the states, but then there was some kind of problem, some sort of potato thing. Okay. And so they couldn't sell them to the states. All right. And so they were going to go to nothing, just a waste, just to be plowed back into the ground. Mm-hmm. So the Canadian government bought them. Right. And they distributed them to food banks across Canada. Uh-huh. But there's so many that the food banks can't handle the, the amount that they have. So. Our church delivered them to the food bank in Aldergrove. Okay. A couple of guys who are who go to our church. But there are so many that they ended up bringing back a whole bunch of bags to the church. And so they're giving them away to people. So I have like a, I have a bag that has five 10-pound bags in it. And so I'm going to keep one, but but I, I'll pass it on to the people if they want them. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take one and I'll try and split it with uh, Vicky if she's game. For sure, some of those. sure. Anyway, uh, I guess I'm going to go, okay, other than the French fries... Okay. We'll say other than French fries, which you know, great. Um, I like potatoes Romanoff, which is like um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, chives yeah, with yeah, cheddar yeah. cheese and and um, you know like a, sure. a sour cream in it. Oh, I'm also very pro scallops. I see. I wasn't as a kid very scallop potatoes, but I like it more now, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like it's something you have to have if you have ham. So okay. like at Easter, if you have ham, I always have scallop potatoes with it. But I I learned a recipe which is like a cheesy scallop potatoes, which I which I like oh, quite a bit because okay. I kind of bumps up the uh, scalloped potatoes from that plain very the sort of milk to a cheese cheese uh thing yeah which is good okay i do like making a mashed potato that's good too yeah uh favorite cookie uh a dare lemon cookie 
It's a lemon cream, uh, lemon cream in a uh, cookie, a kind of a, I guess, a vanilla cookie. Okay. I guess you know that? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a, I think it's a dare lemon cookie. Let me double check if that is what it's called. Yes, it is. Dare ultimate lemon cream filled cookies. They're my favorite cookie. <laughs> Worst cookie, social tea. As a kid, offered that. Uh, you want a cookie? Yeah. Here's a social tea. Ah, oh, you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the best cookie in the world. This is without. Any question, and no one can can disagree with it, is my mom's cookies that she made, particularly my favorite were her hermits. My mom wasn't a chocolate chip maker, which is weird because she loves chocolate. She always made raisin cookies. I love raisin cookies. So if, and if, sure, sure. I don't really like bake cookies myself cookie. because uh, my favorite cookies to make were also raisin cookies, and no one else in the family liked them. So I just didn't make cookies. But um, I, I love uh, oatmeal raisin as well. Like if I, if I was going to buy, if I went to a store and you said you can buy like a, a store-bought raisin, I would buy a oatmeal raisin once. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Like, I think Dare has a cinnamon uh, cookie that's got raisins in mm. it. That, uh, yeah, cinnamon Danish uh, cookie, ultimate cinnamon Danish. Okay, uh, very, very good. I feel like I'm doing an ad for Dare. Nettie asks, "What musical instruments do you play?" Uh, play very bad guitar. Play very bad piano. Play very bad recorder. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I learned to play recorder. Not very good at it. Learned to play trumpet, which I was pretty proficient at, but no longer because I have not played it for uh, since I left school, basically, because the trumpet is not a social instrument. <laughs> Points out a listening party one time, you just don't drag it out at a party so people can sing along with you playing the trumpet. Yeah. And I, yes, also play a uh, pretty bad guitar. I once was all, not bad at guitar, but I am bad at it now. Yeah, once I thought I wasn't bad at guitar, but it turns out I probably was bad at guitar. <laughs> like I used to have a lot of confidence. Uh, yeah, yeah, with, with Un- guitar, unfounded confidence. Yeah, I I auditioned for a couple of things, and you know they had me play guitar, and I thought I was playing guitar, but who knows if I was playing guitar? <laughs> and with a recorder, I can play uh, Fay Dodo, or I used to be able to play Fay Dodo. <laughs> Fay Dodo, baby, I'm a mom. And last night, actually, with the Critical Hit show, uh, we. Gave people a bunch of recorders and uh, uh, played uh, "Your Heart Will Go On" uh, while the McBard showed up in the uh, in the background. It's a very surreal uh, show. And uh, and uh, Beach was being attacked uh, by f- uh, flamingos. Oh wow! And then a bunch of Jedi showed up and and uh, <laughs> destroyed the flamingos while uh, "Your Heart Will Go On" was played by people Jeez. with recorders. Yeah, so, yeah. It's more you're going to use and, your income in props in that show. Well, it's a dollar store. Everything there was a buck. Yeah. Uh, and well, then, dollar uh, stores aren't really dollar stores anymore, but yeah. Yeah, well, they're less than... I mean, everything was less than five bucks. There's no sure. way Eric's spending more than that yeah. for, for anything. Um, and a friendly question is... Uh, so ask us, how many pops did we have during that episode? Two. I had one. I had how, one. How about during this show? One. I had a cherry, wild cherry Pepsi and a bubbly. A blackberry bubbly, which is uh, no... Nothing in it. It's just uh, fizzy. Okay. No calories, that one. It's good. Yeah, I just had one uh, last episode. And like we said at the beginning of the show, we did not pee, which is pretty good. So I gave you two Cokes, so you just had one. I just had one, yeah. Like the other one's here. We'll put it All in the right. fridge for we'll next time. For next time. Yep. Lovely. So there you go. We're going to send you something, Nettie. Sorry about that. Yes, we apologize. And so, this show so is going out to you. I felt so bad. Um, questions for next week. I have a question. Uh, Wait one second, sir. Oh, is there some? I've got one more letter to read. One more letter to read. (coughs) All right, please. This is from Laurel Robertson. Yay! Its subject is 550th episode and my runner up win. Yay! She says, Hello, dear David and dear Ian and dear sneakers everywhere. The 550th episode was so much fun. 
As I always say, the longer, the better for us listeners. You two certainly have extraordinary stamina to make it through all those questions. Oh. I didn't hear a single yawn. <laughs> Why? Because they were fun questions. I was stunned to hear I won a runner-up prize along with Ed D. I'm honored to have joined the ranks of two-time winner Jonathan B. <laughs> but I will, I will admit to having misgivings. Like I was feeling a little sheepish about a second win, my first being on the 250th episode, I think you have said, David. I'm willing to abdicate my winning status, but I'm also so delighted to, have, to be a prize winner. So I sat on the fence all this week. Now I've decided I must fully embrace the second win and go forward with gratitude. So thank you for the great good fun, Ian and David. And thank you to all the participating sneakers. So many great questions. And... Congratulations to first prize winner, Regis, and to fellow surprise winner, Edward D. And love to all, Laurel. Yay. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you. Congratulations. I'm glad you're embracing the win. Yes, embrace the win. Congratulations to Ed. Congratulations to Laurel. And congratulations to Regis for his uh, well-deserved by fluke and chance yeah. uh, win. The prize hat was 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 uh, kind to you. And God bless us, everyone. And God bless us, everyone. Question: Well, we have we have uh, Louise's question mm-hmm. for people, right? What was the worst adaptation of a mo- movie or? Whatever? And uh, another thing, I was thinking adaptation was, of a book or whatever uh, was you know we were talking about uh, like uh, Dana Carvey and uh, David Spade, mm-hmm. especially Dana Carvey in there about how you know someone who may have peaked in the past. Yeah, um, who is someone? That you think has had an amazing second act in life. Ah. As in they were known famously okay. for something. And then the ah, cool. now they're uh, known again for, for something. Or they could have had many acts after that. But like mm-hmm. someone who had a second act as in, you know, uh, a resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. All that right. would be my question. I'll let you have that question. I appreciate that. It is your duty to wrap up the show, though. I can't do anything everyone, at this point. Everyone. First off, to echo Laurel. Thank you all for your questions for the question question episode. It wouldn't be a question episode without you. No, it would be a statement episode. It would be a statement episode, our usual. That would be quite the statement. Just the usual boring episode. No, it was fun. I loved your questions. There's no such thing as a bad question for the question question episode because they're just, they're just there to spike conversation. I think, or did I say spike? Does that make sense? Spike oh, conversation? you got spike ball on the brain. I got spike ball on the brain. Yeah, they're there to create conversation. Anyway. Spark. Spark is the word. Why didn't I think of Spark? Do you ever think of playing Spark Ball? Ever heard of the book, the book Spork? Is it Sparks? It's a graphic novel? Or the book Spork about Sporkins, the, the pilot from Star Wars. That's right. <laughs> um, My friend Dean Haglund played Spork in Star Trek the uh, musical. <laughs> but yeah, buy Sparks. Uh, we got our new book out. Yeah. Sparks Future Perfect. Buy it so we buy can make it. more of them because they're and, a lot of fun. And Nina Matsumoto is the artist on it. I'm the writer. Dave's the colorist. Everybody. Oh, by the way, if you do buy that book. Yeah. Uh, and you write to where you're going to say, yep. we will still send you a, a book plate. Yes. That, that deal still exists. That deal is eternal. Yeah. It'll be in our will. It'll be in our, li- our will to people carry it on after us. So do you want to answer these questions? Of course you do. And how do you do it? Well, you go to the website. It's called sneakydragon.com. If you go there, you'll find a space for your thoughts, ideas, <laughs> notions, and other things. Isn't that nice? A space for your thoughts. Mm-hmm. That does sound nice. It does sound nice, doesn't it? Or are you a private person? Do you like it to be for one our eyes only, and then we'll share it with everyone else? Then you can write to our website, not website, our email address, sorry, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Right there, you can get a book book plate if you want, or just, once again, 
your thoughts, space for your thoughts. Hey, oh my gosh, we're on Facebook. And you know what? If someone writes this on Facebook, we should read it. Let me just uh, quickly get Oh, out did of here. someone write us on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, she. Yeah, That's she. Why I hear, she. We got a nice little message from Jason Van Slyke. And he said, Hey, Sneaky Dragon Ears. I just wanted to say thanks for the podcast. And thanks to David Uh-oh. for playing and talking about Bubble Puppy on an episode a while back. The band Bubble Puppy, not the game from A Brave New World, the old sexy novel. That was my first introduction to the band and their music. I'm living in South Texas, so I've been able to see the new iteration of the band perform live a few times. And this Saturday is their final show in Austin, Texas. And I'll be there for that. I even made a video about them with my puppet. I'm a puppeteer and puppet builder because why not? And he left a link. And guess what? I am going to put that on the website for people to see. So I hope you will watch it and send your kind thoughts to Jason about his very cool work. So you just like that, you can write to us <laughs> on Facebook and we will remember to read it eventually yeah. because we're disorganized dum-dums, but we'll get around to it eventually. Uh, or, you know what? You can communicate to us on Twitter, the uh, Elon Musk-supported franchise. You can go on there. Poor Elon. He is not wanting to buy Twitter. He is trying to back out of that deal, but they have him in a death grip because he signed a contract Tee-hee-hee. that agrees he will buy it and he cannot leave. He can make up all kinds of reasons why he shouldn't. He can say, well, there's bots on here and say, well, we told you there were bots. You knew there were bots. You talked about bots. And he'd be like, well, I guess I did, but still, I, I shouldn't have to buy it because uh, I said I'd buy it for $57 and now it's worth $27 because the, the stock market is melting down and it's really affecting my Tesla stock, which is also melting. Uh, what can I do, you guys? And they're like, I'm sorry, you said you're going to buy it. You got to buy it. Anyway. Elon Musk, he is a lot of fun and a human husk. So let us say farewell to you all for this tally episode. Tally-ho. And tally-ho, like we're a Trollopian tra- character. And we will, I guess, go and join the hunt. Yeah. People can't do that anymore except in Ireland. If you want to ride in the hunt, go to Ireland. Yeah. They're madmen and women. If you want to see foxes, go to uh, England and like look in an alley because they're there. But don't bug them. Don't bug those foxes. No. No. Just they're eating some garbage. They got, a, they got a rough life. Leave them alone. They're eating garbage. All right. It's really weird this when you look at an alley and you see a fox. It is weird. And it's eating garbage and you're just like, you're a fox. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you, a possum? Yeah. And then there's a possum behind me going like, what'd you say? Oi. Oi. What'd you say? Oi, mate. What'd you say about possum? I don't, I don't think there's possums in England. Yeah. There are? No. No. There's not. Okay. I'm on vacation. <laughs> Why do you have a British accent, possum? Anna, you know people have British accents that aren't from England. <laughs> I guess Why I do. I guess I do. Maybe your dad was. Maybe your dad was uh, British. Yeah, maybe my dad, and me mum. But hey, what? Your dad could have been British because there's no possums from Britain. Yeah, shut you up, didn't it? Take off mask. Second fox <laughs> attack. <laughs> okay, everyone. Well, I better run because I'm being chased by foxes. So, and that's the fox news. <laughs> <laughs> the best fox news. We'll see you next. Or we won't see you. We'll. Be here next week, and you can listen to us. Thank you, everyone. Love you all. Bye.